Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> Everybody, it's Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man, and you're listening to the Wrestle Talk Podcast. It's out in the night out. You're tuned in to Wrestle Talk. 657-383-1521. We'll be discussing WWE, NXT, Lucha Underground, ROH, Fantasy Wrestling, and we'll have some of the best damn interviews professional and independent wrestling that you've ever heard. And I'm Joe Lance. Ladies and gentlemen, buckle your seatbelts, keep your arms in the vehicle at all times. Wrestle Talk begins in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Enjoy the ride. What's up, Russia Talk fans and family? What is going on? Nightmare Jones here once again for another edition of the Russia Talk podcast with Joe and Renee. I've got my beer ready. I've got my microphone going. Ladies and gentlemen, it's going to be an absolutely amazing, amazing, amazing night. We got the hot spot segment. We got the shooting shot segment. We got the Russia Talk podcast game show challenge. We got the fantasy wrestling segment. That's not enough. We've got Muckety Muck joining us tonight, as well as John Blackheart and Attila Khan. All three of those gentlemen are going to be joining us tonight. It's going to be absolutely amazing. So, well, what you do is grab whatever beverage you're drinking, whether it's water, beer, soda, tea, milk, orange juice, apple juice, grape juice, whatever that you're drinking, even if you're drinking Red Bull or... Uh, V8 juice. Just grab whatever that you're drinking and take a drink for the Russia Talk podcast with Joe and Renee. Ah, I must say, these beer mugs that you can buy on the WrestleTalkPodcast.com are certified to make your beer taste that much better and that much Colder, ladies and gentlemen. Without any further ado, let's go ahead and bring in the man that needs no introduction, the Night Owl. Wrestling, 
and we want to go ahead and tip our cap to them. Because, brother, as we all know, last year was a, lo- a rough year, losing so many legendary professional wrestlers. We're starting off 2020, maybe not losing, you know, um, the major huge monster names right off the bat, but I think we can all tip our cap uh, to Kobe Bryant and his family and show love, adoration, and respect to him, even though this is a professional wrestling, even though this is a professional wrestling podcast. And, you know, it kind of really hit me, bro, with this, uh, this situation, uh, particularly because we need to do a better job, I think, as a society, but particularly here on the WrestleTalk podcast, of giving people their props and their due before it's too late. So over these last couple of weeks, we've been spending time talking to some uh, upcoming Hall of Fame inductees, and we want to continue to do that throughout 2020. Whether you're a young up-and-coming superstar, a young up-and-coming promoter, or if you're somebody that's been in the business for over 30 years, we want to make sure to invite you, an open invitation to come on the Russell Talk podcast so that we can give you your props and your respect. Because you know what? It's all well and good. But when you get that adulation, when you get that respect after the fact, I can't imagine it's quite as sweet. So, again, guys, thank you for being here. We're going to go ahead and, uh, and get right into today's show. Uh, but before we get to, uh, into the high spot segment and all the other fun stuff that we're going to be doing today, um, I wanted to thank everybody who's already tuning in. A couple of quick shout-outs. Uh, my man Todd, que pasa? Uh, Money Mayo, thank you for being here. By the way, that's hashtag WrestleTalkCast, just C-A-S-T, not podcast, but I love you either way. Herb Simmons is in the house, also a top fan. Shelly's back. Luchador's here. Mr. Mills is in the house, and I got about five other people that are watching that uh, their messages are gone, and I can't scroll any further up. Oh, and Brian, what is going on, brother? Thank you for being here as well. Um, Also, Josie. Uh, I got some huge news, brother. I was on the phone a little bit earlier with uh, Scott Ratbum of Ratbum's Engraving. Anybody who is a uh, Kansas City Chiefs fan, uh, he is making custom engraved Patrick Mahomes artwork. One-of-a-kind pieces, okay? He's making them hand-stitched, just like you – not hand-stitched, hand-etched. Kind of like you see on the beer mug. He's making some Patrick Mahomes ones. Anybody who's interested, let me know. You guys are going to get a, a 20% discount. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and post some pictures of that tomorrow on the Wrestle Talk Podcast fan page on Facebook. So if you guys are interested and you want to support one of our wonderful sponsors, hit me up. We'll hook you up with Rathbones Engraving because let me tell you, there's going to be a lot of T-shirts, a lot of ball caps being sold, but some of these pieces are handmade, and, and they're pretty much one of a kind. So if you want something to commemorate Kansas City Chiefs going into the Super Bowl this upcoming Sunday, hit me up, and we will help you out. That said, the Conspiracy Farm, uh, Everything Combat, it's me speaking to you. You know those guys. We love them, man. It's Jay Hollywood, Pat Milicic, UFC Hall of Famer. Those guys are long-term sponsors of the Wrestle Talk podcast, and we love them. We also want to tip our cap to them. Esports, man, this past weekend, Josie, probably the most watch party, the most fun watch party that we've ever had over at Esports, man. We had one whole side of that building completely filled up. Everybody was just on fire, man. The, the energy in that building was absolutely incredible. And, man, I can't wait till we talk about Edge's return because that gave me chills, dude. When you talk about close to 40 people losing their minds in the same place at the same time, it was just something that I'm never going to forget. And then um, 
two other quick things. We got so busy, bro. We got so busy partying. And, Jonesy, you've been a part of those watch parties yourself, dude. It just gets so crazy that sometimes we forget to give stuff away. So guess what, ladies and gentlemen? If you think you can get away with it, if you think you can get away with it, we would like to give you a pair of tickets to February 14th at KCXW Enchantment in the Ring. We give away one pair. Congratulations to Scotty and Abby for winning those. We have two more pairs to give away. Each ticket is valued at $15. You're going to get it absolutely free by supporting and sharing this broadcast on social media. If we saw that you shared, you could very well be winning a pair of tickets to KCXW Enchantment in the Ring, February 14th. Uh, at the Ararat Shrine Temple, which is legitimately less than a mile away from Arrowhead Stadium. And here's the one that a couple of people were upset about, and I apologize because things did get a little crazy. Our newest sponsors, as you guys know, is Kincaid, and they put together this amazing bundle of collectibles that we were going to give away that day, and we just did not get a chance. So let me show you guys, because I know I bragged about it. We have the... um, this is a TriStar DNA Wrestling Knockout uh, Divas action figure. Well, actually, I guess that didn't make sense, right, because they're knockouts, not divas. But there's at least one guaranteed autograph in this box. I'm not sure what it's valued at, but I'm telling you right now, it's still in the plastic, and it's got to have some value because some of these ladies have gone on and become major superstars in the world of professional wrestling. So this this uh, Best of WrestleMania 1 through 14 VHS, I know a lot of you guys probably are not sitting with VHS players at your house, but trust me, just having this thing is enough nostalgia. And if you're ever lucky enough to get your hands on a VHS player, man, nothing better than an original release from 1998. And if, as if that was not enough, I think this is kind of like the crown jewel of the giveaway. Thank you guys for the thumbs up. Thank you guys for sharing. Again, if you guys want an opportunity to win any of these prizes, all you got to do is share this broadcast. Last but not least, Jonesy, I have a, uh, I believe this is Nikolai Volkov. I always confuse the Volkovs. But this is an LJT, no, an LJN Titan Sports 1984 action figure. And it's crazy because just to think, man, like the action figures they make today are significantly smaller and they weigh a lot less. So when you know, professional wrestling companies started making toys uh, or action figures, this is what they look like. This might have been like the first run of action figures uh, for professional wrestling. I mean, I'm telling you guys, I'm looking at the back, Jonesy, and it says 1984, which is a long time ago because it's the same year that I was born. (laughs) So it doesn't matter what part of the country you're in. I know the tickets for KCXW won't do nothing for you, but, I mean, you can't beat this bundle, guys. I don't even know what the value of it is. But one of you guys is going to get lucky and win all three items at once. Again, share this broadcast, and we will announce the winner a little bit later on during today's show. All that said, guys, we're going to go ahead and carry on because we got a lot to talk about in the world of professional wrestling. But before we do that, we're going to go ahead and ask everybody to please respectfully remove their caps, place your hands over your hearts as we pay homage to the greatest country on God's green earth, and that's America, damn it. Oh, 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 oh,
passport now. For oh, the land of the free. Land of the free. Things in By the way, I Josie, yes. I think we already have. I think we already have a front runner, man, for the for the prize pack, bro. My man Todd talking about he used to have that action figure back in the day, dude. And Hogan won every single time. <laughs> Just like you were gonna say, brings a tear to my eye every single time. Gotta love it, bro. So I know we're gonna get into high spots, Jonesy. But there's anything else you wanted to hit before we kick this thing off? Oh, you know, just it's it's it's, it's an amazing night tonight. We're gonna have a lot of fun. Uh, we got a lot to talk about. So, Anton Timmy, if you could please hit that uh, that hot spots drop for us one time, real quick. talk about, uh, I'm guessing that the first thing we should talk about is WrestleMania. And if you watch WrestleMania, there was a single part of WrestleMania, especially during the women's match, that apparently rubbed a lot of people the wrong way, and that was when Santina Barella showed up for the women's Royal Rumble match. There were a lot of people that were really upset that that took the spot of another female wrestler that could have have entered into the match. Um, myself, I thought that it was was a great comedy spot, but I understand where they're coming from because there were so many female wrestlers that could have been in that Royal Rumble, and it was taken up by a guy that was dressed up as a Uh, you know, that that's a real tough one, Jonesy, and I know that the members of the WrestleTalk family are going to have opinions on that. I know you guys are going to have opinions on everything else that happened over Royal yeah. Rumble weekend. Yeah. Maybe some people even have thoughts on the recent news that Andrade San Almas uh, is going to be suspended for violating the wellness policy. It doesn't really matter what you guys want to talk about as long as it's pro wrestling. Hey, if you all even want to chop it up about, about the XFL, which is right around the corner. We'd love to have that conversation with you. So if one of my friends on the live stream can do me a favor and type out this phone number, 657-383-1521. Again, that's 657-383-1521. We want to have you guys join us in conversation about anything you guys want to talk about in the world of pro wrestling, including this story about Santino Morella being inserted into the Women's Royal Rumble. Here's the first thing I'm going to say. Number one, it should have not come to a a surprise to nobody. The WWE, in order to create a moment, they are willing to risk credibility. And here's another great example of that. Does Does anybody else remember 
Give me a thumbs up or a heart if you remember the first ever WWE Women's Ladder Match. And if so, do you remember how that ended? Because a friend of yours, Jonesy, somebody you've actually worked with in the world of professional wrestling, had a lot to do with the outcome of the first ever Women's Money in the Bank match. Do you remember what happened? Yes. Yes. Why don't you tell the fans? Uh, basically, James Ellsworth climbed up, uh, took the uh, belt down, and dropped it off to uh, Carmella, and Carmella ended up winning the uh, Money in the Bank match. Oh, man, Jonesy, bro, you got a great memory, bro. You absolutely nailed it. That is exactly what happened. So in that moment, WWE took a lot of heat for taking the spotlight away from the women to do what? To create a moment a moment that they think will resonate with the fans more than just an old-fashioned, clean finish. Was it the right move? Was it the wrong move? I don't know. I want to hear from the listeners. I want to hear from the members of the WrestleTalk family. For me personally, I'll be honest, my knee-jerk reaction in that moment was not a positive one because I personally would have loved to see the return of Nia Jax at that spot. I personally actually even picked her to win the Women's Royal Rumble. So, does this moment resonate more with the fans than if Nia Jax had returned? I don't know, bro. I don't have a time machine. I don't have a way to look back and and subjectively and and say, yes, definitively, it would have been better if it was her. But in my heart of hearts, I feel like it took a little something away from what was supposed to be the co-main event of the night. So... Personally, I was not a fan of it, but if people love the humor and all that stuff, I mean, we had 30, 40 people in the building over at eSports, and for the most part, everyone was loving it. They were laughing. Everyone was carrying on. So I guess for that reason, I don't have a huge problem with it. But, again, the women are fighting for credibility. They're fighting for notoriety. They're fighting to be taken seriously. And when you insert shenanigans like this, as funny as entertaining as they are, to me, it takes just a little bit away from what the women were out there trying to do. But those are just one man's thoughts. Josie, I'd love to hear what you think about it. Yeah, you know, uh, um, I I totally un- understand why that they did that because there's a lot of people that remember the whole thing with Santina Morella. And, you know, it was basically done as a, a comedy spot. And, you know, I, I didn't really have too much of, of a a issue with it. The thing I had an issue with was, you know, when Charlotte Flair won the Royal Rumble, because I didn't really want to see Charlotte Flair against Becky Lynch, but, and I don't want to, you know, totally move on to another subject, but apparently it very well may not be Charlotte Flair against Becky Lynch at WrestleMania. There are reports that, you know, since NXT is, is almost at the same level as the, the main roster now, what if we saw Charlotte Whoa, 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 whoa. See, yeah. here's where you and me are going to have heat, Jonesy. What makes you believe, other than the talent in the ring, because I think the NXT talent is very comparable to the main roster talent, even though they're younger. Other than that, what makes you think that they're on the same level? It's, not, it's definitely not viewership, bro. It definitely no. ain't that. And I know that everyone's a little jaded but by what happened at Survivor Series, but you to make the assertion that NXT is almost on the same level as SmackDown or Raw, 
You gotta Absolutely. be me, bro. No way. No way. Dude, the NXT is more exciting than Monday Night Raw. It's more exciting than SmackDown. I'm more excited to watch NXT than I am anything else. I'm more excited about what's going on with NXT than I am with anything else. Why do you think that when NXT stars invaded SmackDown, it was such a big hit? Why do you think that when Survivor Series, NXT beat Raw and SmackDown, it was such a big hit? Because NXT, in my opinion, just my opinion, is better than the main roster in the WWE right now. That's just my opinion. Yo, listen, and I'm not going to dispute that with you. I, I agree that the wrestling is more exciting, that, that it, it's more entertaining. But let me tell you something. If you take the new NXT champion, not women's champion, because remember, they don't want you to say that anymore. I guess it's wrong. I, I don't. <laughs> let's not get into that, okay? <laughs> What's up? Uh, what up, Uncle Steve? Shout out to, uh, to Philadelphia's very own Uncle Steve. Thank you for being here. Love you, boss. Uh, Listen, man, I think if that happened, if, if it was the NXT champion versus Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania, your casual fan would watch her walk down the ring and go, who? Who is Charlotte Flair fighting? Bro, I'm not disputing that it's just as entertaining or the wrestling is just as good, but nobody knows who these people are. Bro, your common fan struggles to identify anybody outside of these three names. John Cena, Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins. In the men's division, casual fans struggle to be able to name anybody basically outside of the... Oh, and Brock Lesnar, I'm so sorry, which I know you're going to hate that, but it's true. So if they are going to do that, NXT has got a lot of work to do in two months. Because from a wrestling fan perspective, somebody who's knee-deep knee deep in the game, so to speak, I'd love to see that. But you and I both know that WrestleMania is no different than the Super Bowl, Jonesy. It's about so, the casual fans and new eyeballs. And if you so bring her in. So, so what ahead. you're telling me is that you would rather see Charlotte Flair versus Becky Lynch for the 5,999th time. What does Charlotte Flair versus Becky Lynch bring to the table right now? They've already faced each other multiple times. It doesn't excite you anybody. Know, versus you know Bailey doesn't excite this, anybody. Jonesy, I'm not. You're making two separate arguments, dude. I That's agree wow. with you. As a, as a dedicated fan, I do not want to see that match again. But guess what? You know who's on the cereal boxes? You know who's on the cover of the video games? You know who's getting all the cricket commercials? Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair. At WrestleMania, they don't really care about making sure that you leave satisfied. You know why? Because you can go on Twitter and you can go on Instagram and bitch and complain about it being Becky and Charlotte all over again. But guess what? On Monday, you're going to be right back watching the product. They don't care as much about you as you think. They want the new fans, people who, who, who casually happen to want to watch some wrestling, kind of on, on a Super Bowl-type environment, because a lot of people who don't watch football will watch the Super Bowl because it's kind of a pop culture phenomenon. The, rest, the WrestleMania is no different. I'm not saying that that's what I want, Jonesy, but we've got to be realistic about what the expectations of the fans are. 
and they're not going to give you the type of matches that you're going to get at like a, like a NXT TakeOver at WrestleMania. It's all pageantry. It's all big names. That's why they bring people like Tyson Fury and Ronda Rousey. And Ronda Rousey is kind of an exception because she ended up being a pretty badass wrestler and had a great run. But let's just be real, bro. Is that what's going to make WWE the most money? Absolutely not. And as much as I'd love to see it, it's not going to happen. So it's a mute point. And oddly enough, as fired up as we both are, I completely agree with you. But that's not where the money's at, bro. The fans that are already invested are invested, and that's not what they're shooting for at something like a WrestleMania. They're trying to get the casual fans hooked. And how do they do that? They bring out the very biggest names possible. That's what they're trying to do. And it's unfortunate because, again, it's much like the Super Bowl. A lot of the tickets, a lot of the people in the house aren't your diehard Bills Mafia Chiefs kingdom. No, 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 the Hogs from the Redskins. These are not the people that are filling up the stadium down in Miami. No, it's corporate sponsors and, and rich people. That's who's at the game. And WrestleMania, that's who they're trying to compete with. Everybody needs to get away from this idea that WWE is competing with AEW. No, no, no. They're trying to compete with the MLB, the NBA, and the NFL. That's who they're trying to compete with. And if you're looking at it any other way, you got it sideways. Jonesy, that said, uh, do we have time to get into any callers, man, or are we going to get into the next topic? Jonesy, brother, are you with me? All right, folks, well, it looks like Nightmare Jones is screening some callers. I'm back. here for uh, 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 working on, on, on callers. Uh, definitely, if you want to call in, 657-383-1521. Uh, you know, there, there's a lot of things that we can talk about. And um, I actually have something that, that is, is pretty interesting that, that I wanted to, uh, to talk about. Okay. I came across this, this earlier, and, and we were talking about uh, uh, WrestleMania. So if you can please hit that breaking news into Timmy. All right, ladies and gentlemen, here it is. This is breaking news. The first major stop in the so-called Road to WrestleMania is tonight's Royal Rumble. And the aftermath of tonight's match will be examined in the WrestleMania pre-show scheduled to begin at 11 o'clock after the Royal Rumble. So, ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) the the WrestleMania pre-show is going to start... And directly after the Royal Rumble and the WrestleMania pre-show is going to start from now all the way up until WrestleMania. <laughs> so wait a minute. So you're telling me the pre-show starts right now, like two months before the damn show? You know, based on how long the pre-show was for the Royal Rumble, I'm inclined to believe that that might be a real story. Now you're joking. Where did you get that information? I did get that from from Fake News, but this brings uh, a, a a bigger topic. Okay, so we all know that that you know WrestleMania last year was like it seemed like it was forever. It was like what five six hours. Yeah. Well, the 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 WWE is is trying to to, to figure out uh, the best route to do that, and I think that they may have came up. With a good idea, because there are reports that they're thinking about making WrestleMania a two-day event, kind of like what New Japan for Wrestling was. So, therefore, you'll have 
you know, say three three hours one day, and then the next day will be another three hours. I think that 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 will will, will be beneficial to the fans because right. they won't have to, to to sit in the arena for five, six, seven hours. You know, it, it'll be a two-day event, and I think that it'll be beneficial to the WWE because that can get them, you know, extra money. So, you know, but, of course, there are some people that that, that, that don't want to see that. They say it's not going to work, but it worked with New Japan for wrestling, so Robin, it worked with WrestleMania. Uh, well, the reason I don't think it would work with WrestleMania, Nightmare Jones, is, uh, number one, if you take that Saturday away, where does that leave NXT? Because typically... WWE, though. Isn't that what you said? What'd you say? NXT isn't as big as, as the WWE main roster. Isn't that what you said? So, therefore, there, there, there doesn't need to be an NXT on Saturday. Whoa, 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 whoa. Now, now you're misconstruing uh, what I said. You're misconstruing <laughs> what I said. See, I, that's, what, that's the reason that I love NXT. Because I think it's a great palate cleanse before you go into the six-hour show. For those who want to see the great wrestling with, with incredible passion, new talent, the stuff that really makes us March excited, the guys and girls that watch this thing every single day, every single week, NXT is there to ease the pain of what's coming the following day. Now, I don't want to make it seem like I hate WWE and, oh, my gosh. What I'm saying is it, it is a great alternative to the six hours that you have to sit through on a Sunday. That's exactly why you do need NXT, because there are many who can't stomach six hours of the main roster. That's why you need it. I actually do not like the idea of them doing a two-day deal. What I would like for them to do is instead of doing a two-hour pre-show, maybe just a one-hour pre-show instead of trying to squeeze two matches into the pre-show, maybe just one. I don't know. It's not that big of an issue because, you know what, when we do our events like we did at eSports this past Sunday, it actually works really well, becomes kind of a half-day situation. But, dude, if I'm talking about just sitting in my house from 4 o'clock in the afternoon to 10 o'clock at night, yeah, that can be extremely exhausting. But at the same time, Jonesy, you're talking to a guy who wakes up at 1.30 in the morning to watch New Japan Pro Wrestling pay-per-views. But I'm not your typical fan. You get what I'm saying? So, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying there is no space for NXT. What I thought was a little absurd was the idea that you were saying that they were kind of on the same level as SmackDown and Raw, and all you got to do is look at the ratings to verify that there's no truth to that. That's all I'm saying, Jonesy, so don't get me wrong. Hmm. Well, that Indeed. you and I different But moving on, moving on, um, <laughs> I, I'm, 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 I'm guessing that it, it's about time for us to, to bring on our first guest of the night. Are you ready, sir, for the first guest of well, the night? Well, you know what? We, we are going to bring in our first guest of the night, but I want to make sure that I give some shine to this conversation that's been going on during the broadcast. And we've got a couple of guys uh, that are expressing some opinions. Um, let me see here. Um, okay, yeah, this is from our boy Jay Hollywood talking about the predictability of WWE and maybe why he doesn't watch, uh, you know, the full-length six-hour show. It says, sad that even I know the outcome, I will still watch, I'd still rather watch world-class 
Memphis, Mid-Atlantic, AWA, Georgia, Florida, SICW, than that nonsense they have on right now. Okay? Uh, it says, I just, oh, hey, shout out to uh, Rick Ruby. Uh, finally, somebody noticed it. I was kind of waiting for somebody to say something at some point. So this is a full-length picture from corner to corner of downtown St. Louis, including the river, over on this side. And then right above me here is Kansas City. So thank you, Rick, for noticing that. That's a, a, a nice little detail. Sometimes you guys can see it. Sometimes you can't. But I'm telling you, those pictures are awesome. If you guys ever get a chance to come in studio, you guys can check them out. You, you'll absolutely love them when you see them in person. Which, by the way, I can confirm that we're going to speak, be speaking to Journey Pro slash uh, Anarchy's uh, uh, official AK The Ref uh, on February 18th. So AK The Ref will be in studio February 18th at 8.30 p.m. Central Time. That is our next in-studio scheduled guest. I know you guys always love when we do the in-studio joints, so AK The Ref will be here in a couple of weeks. All that said, my friends, oh, yeah, and uh, JCP, which is Jim Crockett Productions. Sorry for skipping that one, Jay Hollywood. I had no idea what you were talking about. Uh, But here we go, folks, ladies, germs. It is time for the moment that you guys have all been waiting for. This is a man who doesn't usually vocalize his feelings a whole lot, but this is a very, very special time because he is being inducted into the 2019 class for the Midwest Independent Wrestling Hall of Fame. This guy actually trained one of my very, very good friends, been in the business for a very long time, and he is finally getting his due. We're giving him his flowers before it's too late. He's getting the recognition he so deserves. Ladies and gentlemen, it's an honor and a pleasure to welcome in our first guest of the evening, the one, the only, John Blackheart. What's going on, Mr. Blackheart? How, yeah. How you doing? Good, good. How about you? Good. Yourself? How are you? Oh, I'm, man, yeah, I'm I, doing all right. Yeah, I, we, we, we've got John Black on the, the podcast. You're doing amazing. Yeah, I'm just getting old. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you go ahead and lead us off, Jonesy? Absolutely. No, no, no problem. Whatsoever. I mean, you have have wrestled so many people in, in in your 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 career. You know, from from Danny Boy to the Rock and Roll Kid to Chance Rustin to, to to Keith Smith to the Human Wrecking Ball Pete Madden to the gentleman Jim Ford. I mean, who would you say has been your toughest competitor? Toughest competitor, huh? Probably Keith Smith. Must have wrestled him I don't know how many times. And every time it was it was rougher than the last time. We'd we'd done matches that were hour long. Wow. That, that you know, it, it's it's really, really tough to to be able to, you know, wrestle 
you know, somebody at, 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 at for an hour. So, you know, that that's absolutely amazing, you know. But you, you also won, you know, championships. You won the MMWA championships with uh, uh, Billy Diamond. What was it like tag teaming with Billy Diamond? Well, Billy was all right, but I won the titles with uh, – Actually, I won them with uh, Philly Blunt. Oh. Okay. Philly uh, Diamond. Well, I trained Billy yeah. Diamond and trained a lot of guys, I actually. I mean, I tried to teach him what I could teach him. Mm-hmm. But, uh, like I said, uh, I brought Philly Blunt into the business and Eventually ended up tag teaming with him, and we mm-hmm. worked out pretty good. I snaked him a few times too, so you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, hey, I'm not always the nicest guy. <laughs> I'm the kind of guy that would uh, love you one day, and then tomorrow, you know, we take it one day at a time. I either like you today or not tomorrow, or maybe I like you tomorrow. Not today. Huh. I was yeah, I was good at snaking people. Yeah, that there's yeah, that that's just, just part of, of the uh game. And I guess in my last question before I throw it to my co host Renee, because I I know that he's been chopping at the uh, a bit is you know, you, you weren't a, weren't just a wrestler, but you also were a, a trainer. What made you wanna go from wrestling to actually training people on how to wrestle? Well, I was actually training guys while I was wrestling. Uh, yeah. I wanted to see the guys be able to walk into a ring and do a match without getting themselves hurt, mm-hmm. have the basic knowledge of what to be able to do, and just be safe about what they're doing. And I always wanted them to know the basics because with the basics, you can wrestle anybody. Mm-hmm. And not everybody wrestles the same. You know, you got your high flyers and then you got your brawlers and your big guys. Well, without basics, you can't, you're a high flyer. You can't walk in that ring with a big guy and expect to just, you know, go toe-to-toe with him without knowing some basic moves. So I used to beat him to death with the basics. Yeah, that's... I was known that, for that. that. And... Yeah, that, that's that's really what you got to do. You know, you got to beat the basics into him because, you know, being a pro wrestling referee, you know, it's it's you know you you see guys getting trained all of of the time and 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 every trainer wants the same thing they just want their their guys to be able to go into the ring and be able to put on the best wrestling match that they possibly can without injuring anybody in the process yeah and also without those basics you're not going to do a long match that was what enabled me to do those hour long matches with Keith Smith and rock and roll mm-hmm. kid, guys like that. If I wouldn't have had no basic training of the of the art, uh, 
you're just going to wind yourself. You'll be burnt out after 10 minutes. You're done. So you got to know how to pace yourself and use those basics to slow that match down. Absolutely. I, I've, uh, unfortunately, I, I've, I've seen matches where you know, the wrestlers weren't really trained that well, and they couldn't even do a uh, hip toss. So it, it, it's kind of, uh, you know, the training is one of the most important things. Uh, I don't want to take up too much time. So, Jay, why don't you come in here with several questions that you have? Uh, yeah, no, absolutely, man. I'm really excited uh, to get a chance to talk to, to John. You actually trained a couple of, of friends of mine, uh, including uh, a kid they used to know as the Disco Kid, uh, Luke Roberts. Who, and, and I'll ask you about yeah. him in just a couple of moments because he himself has built quite a little legacy for himself uh, in the Midwest. Um, but the first question I wanted to ask you is, how surreal is it for you, John, when you remember facing – Keith Smith Sr., but then you go to an SICW show or, or wherever you go, and then you see Keith Smith Jr., and, and he's like a spitting image of his dad, just maybe a little bit bigger, right? How surreal is yeah. it for you to be able to reminisce about the matches you were having when you were his age and probably remembering him following his dad around backstage, and now you see him, and he's kicking ass all over the place, man. How awesome is that for you? That's good. It's good to see and to give you a little bit farther back, I wrestled his grandfather, Ed Smith. <laughs> oh, you wrestled Ed Smith as well? That is incredible. Yeah. Uh, let me tell you, you have never been chopped in the chest until you've been chopped by Ed Smith. That man had the hardest chop I ever felt. Hey, that that's saying something, man. Over over twenty plus years, you must have been chopped a whole lot. Uh, if you don't mind, I, I want to go uh, down memory lane even a little bit more. So over your career, um, which obviously you're being recognized for now as a 2019 inductee into the uh, Midwest Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame, Independent Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame, are there any other uh, people that the listeners of the Wrestle Talk podcast might recognize that you had a chance to? be in the ring with or maybe even share a locker room with over the last 20-some-odd years that uh, that maybe sure. you even caught yourself like, whoa, I can't believe I'm wrestling this guy, or whoa, I can't believe I'm sitting in the same locker room as that guy. Is, is there any names that come to mind, and maybe is there a story you would be willing to share with us? Yeah, we've had, I've had matches with uh, Giant Assassin, Ron Powers, uh, like you said, Danny Boy. I've worked with Bob Orton. I've worked with uh, on shows for Harley Race. With uh, they've had uh, the Sheik, Bob Backlund. Wow. Uh, I mean, quite a few guys I've worked around. It's uh, I mean, you get to a point where you. They all start running together, you know. You so many <laughs> memories. You just start forgetting who all who. But you do remember the guys that you worked with the most. I miss them. I really do. Uh, it was some really good times. I mean, I enjoyed everything we did. And uh, 
There's times you had to, you know, we were carrying the show for certain organizations because they didn't have enough guys. I mean, we were working some long matches, like I said. Me and Keith used to work them hour-long matches just to fill a card. <laughs> and then at the end of that, we'd go to a draw on some of them, and Keith was always the guy that had to go, yeah, give us five more minutes. You know, and, and it's like I'm giving him that look. Or like, are you serious? <laughs> Five more minutes. But yeah, it's been a lot of fun, and over them years, I miss it. I'm curious because you are being inducted with a lot of pretty incredible guys. Uh, we've talked to Herb. We're talking to Attila later tonight. Uh, we've yeah. talked to Al Stevens and Chico his logo. I'm curious, man, and I'm asking everyone the same question. Have you started working on your induction speech? And if so, has it been difficult for you? Because you gotta gotta summarize, you know, close to twenty year career in however long, a half hour, however long they give you. I mean, it's gotta be pretty difficult to summarize it all in one speech, man. Have you started working on it? And if so, how's it going? Yeah, just kind of going through my whole mind over the memories of guys that I was grateful to work with, the guys I started with. There's a lot there to try to remember. It's been so long ago now, you know, you start forgetting everything. But you, you do remember the good times. Oh, man, that, that's so that's so fantastic. Uh that the Midwest Independent Wrestling Hall of Fame is doing that for you guys. And, and I'll tell you what, every single person on that list is extremely deserving of it. Uh, I know there's been some question as to, um, you know, why other people haven't been inducted yet. And I know we had the opportunity to, to talk to Chico and we had the opportunity uh, uh, to, to talk to, to Herb and Al and, and some of the other guys. Um, and it's a very difficult selection process. I, I personally, John, I do not envy the people responsible for having to decide who's going to go in. Because there's so many names in this area that I think deserve recognition. Um, out of curiosity, is there anybody who has not yet been inducted that you'd like to throw their name out there? Somebody that you work with over you know, sometime over that span that you were active as a competitor that you feel like, hey, you know what? I think this guy should get a second look because it was somebody that you personally enjoyed working with. Well, that would have to be guys like Ron Powers and Giant Assassin. The guy could put on a heck of a show. So could Ron. Ron was a great guy to work with. The big guy, but he, he was fun to work. And that that is awesome. And and that and you instead of making it all about yourself, taking this opportunity to highlight somebody else, man, that's awesome. That's exactly what I wanted. Uh, I also wanted to ask you, and I know we discussed him just a few moments ago, but uh, back in October, you were announced uh, to be one of the newest inductees, along with Al Stevens, and the person doing the induction, or at least making the announcement, was Keith Smith Senior. Uh, I want to know, I know you were in the house that night. What did that mean to you to be able to do that in front of all the fans and to get the announcement made in public? 
that you were going to go into the Hall of Fame, man. What, what did that mean to you? It meant a lot. It, it surprised me. I wasn't expecting it. Uh, I was, you know, speechless, honestly. I was uh, really honored. It's, it's a big honor to be thought of that way by your peers that, you know, the people that make that decision would think that much of you to want to induct you into a Hall of Fame for the things they, you know, that you've done over your career. And I was really honored to have that happen to me. It was a real surprise. Man, oh man, yeah, and, I, and I'm kind of watching back in silently here in front of me, my my my, uh, my monitor. Uh, I could see you're kind of emotional and maybe a little bit kind of overwhelmed by it, and, and I don't blame you for that, man. Uh, I'm sure it kind of took you back to, to your time inside the ring, and which kind of brings me to my last question before I throw it back to Joe. John, I know this is very very difficult to reminisce about, but what of everything? do you miss the most about being an active competitor in the world of professional wrestling? I know it's been a little while since you've stepped in and been able to actually compete. What part of it do you miss the most, man? You want to know the truth? The camaraderie in the locker room with the guys. The, the closeness you can get. The, just just being around these guys, that you know, and working the different guys that you work, is, is really an honor to work some of them and then to bring some of the younger guys that were really, you know, had no experience in the ring and take them in there and take them through their first match or whatever you had to do to get them through it. It was like really the biggest part I missed working with these guys and seeing their eyes in their first match. It was just, you know, one of those things that's hard to describe unless you're actually in there. Man, absolutely. I appreciate you sharing that. Appreciate appreciate you sharing that with us, man. Uh, I can tell this is such a big deal for you, man. I, I mean, actually, you can get a little emotional. I know it's such an important thing to be recognized by your peers, and I'm sure it must feel incredible. Jonesy, I want you to pop back in here because I know we got to get the shooting shot here in a few minutes. Uh, but listen, bro, I, I know you might have some other questions or comments, so why don't you go ahead and do your thing? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so as I was doing my uh, my research on you, I see that you are a, a six-time MMWA Junior Heavyweight Champion. What does it feel like to say that you've won that championship six times? It's good feeling. And heavyweight champion, I think I was uh, maybe four or five times heavyweight champion. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. It's a good feeling. I've won a lot of titles in my time. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, so so you've, you've won a lot of titles in your time. What title would you say meant the most to you? I know it's a tough question. Probably the heavy, the heavyweight title. When I won the heavyweight title, that just meant the the, the most to me. It just meant that uh, you know, I was 
I was doing my job right, you know. I was mm-hmm. I was the at that time at the best of my game that I could be. And apparently showing it. And it just it was a good feeling. Absolutely. You know, one of those things when you walk in that ring and you won that title. It's that it's that it's one of those things that don't hit you at first, and then all of a sudden you realize, yeah, I just took the title. And right. It's a really good feeling to hear the crowd go off. Absolutely. You know, I, 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 good. Yeah, it's a, it's an exciting thing. Mm-hmm. One of those things I wish you know. I hope that almost every wrestler gets a chance to feel that because that's a feeling that you never forget. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, the, the winning the, the heavyweight championship is, is probably, you know, one one of the, the, the biggest things on everybody's bucket list. And, and to be able to say that, that you've won it, you know, so, so many times is, is uh, absolutely Amazing. And, and my last question before I go back to Renee, see if he has any final questions. Um, so you were a part of the uh, Missouri Wrestling Alliance. What was it like wrestling for the MMWA? It wasn't bad. It was, uh, it was good to wrestle for them. Uh, mm-hmm. back, back when I was wrestling, both the MMWA and the SICW were tied together. Mm-hmm. So I was holding both organizations' titles at the time. So I was the MMWA SICW champion. So now I know them two organizations are split and each have their own champion. And I remember when I I had to give it up because of injury. I had to walk away. And I was always sad that when I lost the title, I didn't lose it to a competitor. I had to forfeit it. And I never, never, ever wanted to go out that way. That was never the way to lose it. You always want to see someone else step in and take your title. Not just have mm-hmm. to give it up. And that, that's that's the one thing. If I could go back and do again, I would. I would make sure wow. that somebody took it from me. Well, speaking of missed opportunities, Answer Timmy's just informed me that we have a very special caller. And you guys know we don't like to take callers during these interviews because me and Joe are we're very selfish. We like to talk. To, we like to talk to these guys because we got. You know, we do our homework. We, we, we you know, we, we do everything we're supposed to do to make sure that we're prepared. And, and I get nervous a little bit handing it over to the callers, but I think this will be a little bit different. So, intern team, why don't you go ahead and screen and uh, verify? Because if it is who I think it is, I think you're really going to enjoy this, uh, Mr. Blackheart. As we work that out for you, I had one final question. Uh, me personally, Renee the Night Owl. So in in your years of training up all these different superstars, these young up-and-coming talent, one day a young kid by the name of Luke Roberts walked into your gym. 
and he became known as the Disco Kid, and now he's part of the reason the Wrestle Talk podcast is that as successful it is. Any words you could share? Because he's told us all kinds of crazy stories about his abilities in the ring and this, that, and the other kind of thing. And I'm always like, yeah, right, bro, yeah, right. <laughs> but, you know, it's all, it's all in fun and games. But is there anything, either negative or positive, he's a big boy, he's going to have to take it either way, that you could say about our dear, dear friend Luke Roberts? Luke was a, he was a go-getter. I'll tell you, he was a ball of energy. He, uh, he would do what you asked him to do, and then he'd give it a little more. He was one of those guys that was hungry to learn, and he wanted to learn more. And no matter what you taught him, he was ready to learn even more. But he, he was a good competitor, good wrestler. Wow, what an amazing compliment, man. I'm sure he's going to hear that, and he's going to be head over heels. Well, guess what? We're not going to let you go before we give you this little surprise. We've mentioned him a couple of times during this interview, but there's a very, very special caller who decided to call in on this special night and say some kind words uh, to you and about you. And who knows, Mm -hmm. considering who it is, he might actually even talk a little trash. Ladies and gentlemen, one of the very few true legends of Midwest Pro Wrestling, the one, the only, Killer Keith Smith. (laughs) Hey, everybody. It's, you know, it's great to be a part of this podcast. Renee, I I greatly appreciate it. When you sent me that message, I was like, I got a call. You know, this gentleman, when I first met him, you know, he was he was he used to be a boxer. I don't know if he told you any of that, but he used to be a boxer. But he turned out to be one of the best kind-hearted human beings not only in the ring but outside of the ring. He was also one heck of a competitor that bar none, he's probably in the top 5 guys here in the Midwest, especially 20 years ago. Man, man, oh man! And, and, and let me say this just just quickly. And thank you, Keith, for for making time for us. I know that this was going to mean a lot to you, but I'm sure it means a lot to, to John as well. Uh, John, man, how, how cool is it to to hear your old buddy Keith Smith call in? And, and you know, we we talked about this since the beginning of the show. We we want to make sure we give people their flowers while they're still here to smell them. As you guys know, we lost a, a huge superstar over the weekend. 2019 was a rough year for wrestling fans and losing legends. So we're going to make sure we do everything we can to make sure that we give praise where it's due before it's too late. How excited does it make you to hear from your friend, Keith Smith? It feels good. Keith was a great friend during the time I was wrestling. I wasn't quite sure when you said it was Keith Smith. I thought maybe he wanted five more minutes in the ring again. <laughs> I I heard you talk I heard I you talking about that. that. But I'll tell you what, if you didn't yeah. be if you weren't running around with a cane right now, that would be happening. Yeah. <laughs> hey, if Terry Funk, yeah. if Terry Funk can do it, then John Blackheart can do it. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Listen, they're yeah. they're in a pl- they're in a place we went that we didn't manage to sell out everywhere cuz people love to see me beat up on him and him beat up on me. So in this business, we were doing exactly our job. Yeah, I think we wrestled each other for a year straight. Felt like it. 
Yeah, you're right. A year straight, but I'll tell you what, you deserve going into the into this uh, independent wrestling hall of fame. You know, this upcoming weekend is going to be a blast. You know, I'm on it, Keith, and you know that. Oh, I know you are. You're very humble gentlemen. I mean, people, these guys only hear you on the podcast, but you know, I grew up with you, you know, and I've known you for 30 years now. So just like the next gentleman that's coming on behind you, I have been in dealings with him for over 30 years as well. So, you know, you guys both deserve this. (laughs) This has been a hard road. And finally, you guys are getting the recognition you guys deserve. And because of all the hard work you put in, um, not only with training young kids that were coming into this business, but, I mean, you you brought them full circle. I mean, some of these kids were kids that had no path, no future, no nothing. And you guys have made a difference in their lives. Yeah. Uh, You know, it's humbling. I never expected it. And you know me, Keith, I've never done any of this for this reason. I, I was always part of the show. Whatever we did, we did part of the show. We did what was best for the show, you know, and and best for did. business. That's how we. That's how we came up. That's right. The show come first, and you put that ego of yours in the back, and you did what <laughs> was right. best for that show. Yep. And that's, well, Renee, I will tell exactly. you. Go ahead. I'll tell you what, Renee. You know. In the classes in the upcoming future, this this selection that we go through during this Hall of Fame stuff to select these guys, it all starts with a bunch, about ten names for each of the Hall of Famers that are existing there, and then kind of gets dwindled down to like ten names, and then five names, and those five names are those five names that you see in front of you are awesome names that are being presented this upcoming weekend. You know, John Blackheart. Uh, the drill instructor, um, us Chico's local, even Al, Rock and Al, you know. So I mean, with that being said, these guys, these guys have all earned their spot to be a part of this Hall of Fame because of what they've done in this business. No, no doubt about it. Well, yeah. th- thank you so much. Thank you so much for for joining us. Uh, any final words uh, for the fans? Maybe encouraging them to make sure that they. Grab their tickets or make sure that they're there early because this Hall of Fame induction, it may be just the most uh, kind of the most anticipated of all time. So I know it's a really, really huge deal, especially with with some of the names that are going in. And do you have any final thoughts to encourage the fans to make their way out there or maybe even some final thoughts for your old buddy, John Blackheart? Only one thought I have for my, my old buddy, John Blackheart, and he knows it. Brother, I love you. Thank you for everything you've done. In this business, you know the feelings mutual, Keith. You know I love you like a brother, man. We've gone, we've gone through some good times and bad times when we wrestled. And we always seem to come through it somehow. We made the best of it. I couldn't it's have just an it. absolutely incredible moment, and I know, Keith. I know you can still hear me, man. Thank you so much for coming on short notice. 
Uh, you know, you talk about a run-in that's going to stick with the fans for a long time. I think this is one of them. What do you think, Jonesy? Oh, absolutely. 100%. I could not agree more so. This has been an absolute amazing, amazing, amazing interview. <laughs> it, it has indeed. We're going to forego shoot shout tonight, guys, uh, out of the respect of time. But, John, you know, th- this upcoming Saturday, um, you're going to get what you rightfully deserve. And usually in the pro wrestling, that means some sort of ass whipping. But no, 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 not this time, man. This time you're going to receive the, the praise and respect that you deserve. That's at the Tri-County Community Center, 800 West Union Street in Pacific, Missouri. Guys, go and like the Midwest Independent Wrestling Hall of Fame. The page only has 550 likes, and when I saw that, I was shocked and I was disturbed. I want every member of the Wrestle Talk family during the break to go over to Facebook and give them a like so you don't miss the opportunity, your opportunity, to see these legends of the sport go into the Hall of Fame. One more time, it's Chico as Loco, Al Stevens, Johnny Ramirez, Herb Simmons, Attila Khan, and the one and only John Blackheart. John, thank you so much for being here tonight. Nothing but respect. Please promise us that this is just part one of your visitation right here to the Wrestle Talk podcast with Joe and Renee. Yeah, I love talking to you guys again. It was an honor. Thank you. Thank you, sir. And, and by the way, welcome as the newest member of the Wrestle Talk family. And this is how legit this ceremony is going to be on February 1st that year, Jones. Doors open at 4. Ceremony starts at 6. And you go, why are there two hours in between the door opening and the ceremony? You know why? Because at 5 o'clock there's a potluck dinner. Bro, can you imagine the kind of grub they're going to have? Oh my gosh, I almost want to drive out there. It's going to be absolutely incredible. John, Keith, thank you guys so much. We appreciate and love you guys. Thank you for your contribution to the pro wrestling world so far. Can't wait to see what you guys do in the future. John, any final thoughts for for the fans? Get out there, watch wrestling, and enjoy it. That's all I can tell you, man. These shows are worked on to see it because these guys put their heart into it. Wow. Thank you very much, John. We appreciate you. You have yourself a good night, all right? You too, sir. Have a good one. Grace and peace, brother. Adios. Man. Bro, I got a emo- I mean, it's been an emotional week. <laughs> it's been mm-hmm. it's been crazy, man. It's yeah. been crazy. I, I just I don't even know what to say when we have out of the random somebody like Killer Keith Smith Senior come on and join us on the show. To, to to kind of play second fiddle to John Black. I mean, I just I, I I don't even know how to put that into words. Thank you so much, Independent uh, Wrestling Hall of Fame, for what you guys do. We love you so much. We hope every year we get to kind of run this gauntlet again, talking to the inductees, because, man, this has been an absolute blast. Nightmare Jones, I know you're learning so much every single time that we do these shows about independent role wrestling in the Midwest. I know you got a bunch of great wrestling out in West Virginia, the Maryland area. You guys are really spoiled out there. But you can see, man, this area is really growing some wings and and taking off. I think we're starting to get the recognition that we deserve here in the Midwest. 
and I'm glad that you're helping play a part in that, Jonesy. I really appreciate you as well. Oh, well, I appreciate you, you too, sir. We got to get you out here to see a couple wrestling shows. You got yeah, to make you know, way. maybe that could be fun. Some some Eclipse, some ATCW, maybe some Maryland Championship Wrestling. Who knows? Maybe we'll even make it out to a Ring of Honor show. Who knows? You know what we will do, though, guys? We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. We're going to come back with our second featured guest of the evening, Muckety Muck. Oh, I can't wait to tell you guys all about Muckety Muck. It's going to be fan freaking tastic. And by the way, Josie, do we have the Vince Sanity song ready to go today? Yes, we have it ready to go. It's ready. Yes, okay. So, okay, go ahead. Did I, were you going to say something else? No. Okay, it's ready. Good, it's ready. So, last week, we promised to play for you guys a brand new song from our friend Vince Sanity, who uh, plays the character of El Diablo in the world's premier fantasy wrestling promotion. We played it. The quality was kind of crappy. I take responsibility for that. I kind of threw that out there last second. It was kind of hard to put it all together. But this week, the good, the right man got on the job. Nightmare Jones got on it, got the full song for you guys. We're going to hit it, and then we're going to come back with our second featured interview of the evening, man. Mucky Muck is going to be off the chain. You talk about roller derby. You talk about pro wrestling. This guy knows it all. We'll see you guys in two minutes and 20 seconds for the rest of episode 280 of the Wrestle Talk podcast with Joe and Renee. Like Roger Rabbit. They said I couldn't hack. 
bracket, then I went hopped out in traffic. Now I'm first place on the bracket. First place, first place. I, I, I just put me a Jessica. I think she from Mexico. I don't fuck with regular. I'm about to make a statement. Let me take off the pavement. If you want me, don't forget the payment. Yeah, I think I'm feeling myself. Don't wait that Shawty's hands are on me. Now she's feeling my belt. Oh, nah, nah. I played the hand I was dealt. I'd rather do this shit myself. You want me? Cause I'm hot, so watch out for the debris. Hit me on my line. Yeah, they said. Yo, what up? Night Owl. Nightmare Jones. What up, Wrestle Talk fam? Do it for y'all. Check me out. Kick in the door, wave in the 4-4. Even them haters can't hate us no more. So unlock your door, cause we got some more. Every Wednesday we here, keeping it raw. Night out, Nightmare Jones and all the best jets. Like a double barrel pointed right at your chest. WrestleTalksPodcast.com. Smashing and killing it like the night at a prom. What's going on, Mr. Muckety Buck? 
How about that? I got my own entrance music. How about them apples right there? I tell you what, that, that's Machine Gun Kelly from St. Louis. That's the, the old GCW Gateway Championship Wrestling theme from back in the early 2000s. And that, that brings a tear to my eye because I used to be an announcer for the television side of Gateway Championship Wrestling. And before I start... I want to jump in on the John Blackheart bandwagon right now. I've seen some of the matches that he was referring to earlier in the evening with Cowboy Bob Orton Jr. and with uh, Ron Powers. And, yes, it's true. Anybody that kind of broke out into the business in the St. Louis area in the 1990s owns a debt of gratitude to John Blackheart, a first-class act. And I'm, I'm especially happy to see him go in as well because uh, I didn't know the man personally, but I knew of his work in the ring, and I heard nothing but great, great stories about the, the, the opportunities and how he taught others, and not only showing them how it's done, but how it's done right. Uh, fellows such as Ben Oliver and the human wrecking ball, Pete Madden, and, and so many others, had nothing but kind things to say about John Blackheart. So that was great uh, that uh, he's going into that Hall of Fame, and I'm never – going to get in the way of a run-in by Killer Keith Smith, my friends. I mean, this is, this is an individual who took a steel chair to my ribs on television back in around 2003, and ever since then I was like, hey, I, I know you're an old bad apple, but I'm not going to spoil it, and I'm going to stay out of your way. But, yeah, but thanks for having me on, guys. It's going to be a, great to be talking a few minutes about, yes, a big event that's coming up, first time ever in the city of St. Louis where on the same night, in the same building, under the same roof, both both professional wrestling and roller derby will be featured in one evening. And, of course, that's the Jams and Slams event that's coming up Saturday night, 6.30, at Midwest Sport Hockey in beautiful Queenie Park in Baldwin, Missouri. That's a suburb of St. Louis being presented by Arch Rival Roller Derby and being co-promoted by Dynamo Pro Wrestling. I tell you what, we have been looking forward to this ever since we started our season. Uh, myself and the owners of Dynamo Pro Wrestling go back to almost two decades. And when we wanted to put together the first ever time when pro wrestling and roller derby was going to be held under the same roof i couldn't think of anybody more deserving and and more i couldn't think of a better person to want to uh host the event uh with than the uh, owners of dynamo pro wrestling so i know that we are we're really super jazzed about it and hey uh Let's talk about what's going on uh, during the course of the evening because we've got four big matches, a little bit of rivalries going on. We've got some title matches going on. And also, of course, big-time implications in our one featured roller derby game that's coming up at, at that night as well. Well, well let, let's talk about it because let me tell you something. As a guy who's actually traveled out to St. Louis specifically for the purpose of going to a Dynamo Pro show, I can tell you I'm a tremendous fan, and I know the listeners of the Wrestle Talk podcast are as well. Um, I know that there's some heat with Adrian Serge, Camaro Jackson. I know there's some talent on that roster that's looking to make a statement. How excited are you uh, to know that you're getting not just a couple of guys from Dynamo Pro, but we're talking about guys that are champions, okay? Well, people that are setting the standard, kind of raising the bar to another level within Dynamo Pro Wrestling. How excited yeah, is that you're for talking you? Oh, I'm extremely excited, uh, extremely excited, excited, and we're talking about a bragging rights matchup between the Dynamo Pro Wrestling heavyweight champion Adrian Surge and the DPWD1 champion Camaro Jackson. Um, champion versus champion, even though neither title is on the line, there's bragging rights involved, and Think of it this way. There's a lot to be gained by whoever wins this matchup. Let's say if you're Adrian Surge and you beat Jax that night, you are showing to everybody why you are the very best in DPW. Conversely, if Camaro Jackson wins, 
don't you think that he automatically becomes the number one contender for that heavyweight strap? And it also puts a marked target on the back of Adrian Serge going, oh, no, I've got somebody really breathing down my neck. So now you know that there's got to be an immediate championship match signed up between those two. So, yeah, that, that bragging rights matchup, whoever gains a victory, great. But I think the implications are huge to whoever loses. So I think that's going to be obviously a very interesting matchup to watch. And, of course, in the main event we got that night, of course, a rematch of a battle that happened in St. Louis earlier this month where we got ourselves the DPW Women's Champion, Rain Victoria, the Empress of Evil, defending her title against the Barbie killer, Haley Shadows. And they had a huge tussle. I mean, a big-time battle earlier this month at Turner's Hall in St. Louis. And Shadows had a really good performance for herself. She's not been in the business that long and really dominated a good stretch of that matchup. But it was just that one slip and error, that error in judgment, that enabled Rain Victoria to come out of nowhere, snatch a victory, and retain the title. And you think about Rain Victoria, who has been the dominant player in women's wrestling in the St. Louis area the last 18 months. You know, has really come and shown why, not only why she is the champion, but how she's going to remain champion. Because she's vicious. She's evil. She's got the moveset. She has the, the veteran leadership to go on out whoa, there whoa, and prove herself. Let me stop you right there. Let me, let me stop you right there because now we're going to disagree, and I'm sure you'll appreciate this. There's a okay, young lady that also may have a rightful claim to that title that you just gave to Ray Victoria, and her name is Savannah Stone. And I know she's not involved in this particular event, but let's not discount her so quickly because let me tell you, the girl is nasty and she's capable, just as capable as Rain Victoria. Do you have uh, uh, any thoughts or have you had the opportunity to see Savannah Stone in action in the past? In doing a little bit of research, I have looked at some past matches between Rain Victoria and Savannah Stone, and I would have to agree. Now, wouldn't you think that, let's say, if there is a title switch this weekend and Haley Shadows becomes the new DPW Women's Heavyweight Champion, that you automatically not only have a number one contender in a rematch from Rain Victoria, but a number two, if not possibly number one contender, in Savannah Stone as well? See, now you're speaking my language. I absolutely agree <laughs> with that. And you know what? When, and and when, you, when you start throwing praise around, it can be easy to do because there is so much incredible talent, but uh, you got to understand, too, that to get to the very top is extremely difficult, so I have no problem with you giving her the praise that she rightfully deserves. Now, before I throw it over to my partner in crime here, Nightmare Jones, I did have a quick question for you. You, you arguing back to the old Gateway Championship wrestling days, and, and because I am a bit of an old-school fan, I have to ask, how did you originally become involved in this crazy world of professional wrestling? Okay, I'm going to date myself a little bit. That's fine. Uh, my first involvement in professional wrestling was actually when my first internal involvement in professional wrestling was as a producer and director of uh, cable access television back in the early 1990s for what was then known as Charter Communications. Well, it was still known as Charter Communications. Crown Cable, really, is if you want to look at the original origins of it. And there was a weekly professional wrestling program on there that was called Dr. X's Wrestling Royale. And I was kind of in charge of trying to putting some of the matches together and uh, lining up some of the International Federation 
organizations that would be a part of it. We had the USWA. We had uh, also uh, the matches down at South uh, Broadway Athletic Club and other regional territories. And what we did was uh, put together a weekly one-hour program and would uh, ship it out to various cable distribution outlets around the uh, bi-state area. So uh, that was my first involvement with it. Uh, it took a little bit of a, a break from it for a while and then um, – as my association with that show, I actually got to know a bunch of professional wrestlers uh, personally. And when Gateway Championship Wrestling first started becoming an entity in 2000, I believe, uh, they were looking to start their own uh, cable access television program. So they thought, well, might as well uh, know a guy who knows how to shoot and edit. Yeah, and uh, so they gave me a holler. And uh, I came on board and got on with them from the ground up. So I was with them for about four years. Uh, we got to see the progression of some talents that are still active in the business today, folks such as uh, Matt Seidel, also Delirious, uh, uh, Mischief, uh, Daisy Hayes, some names that, you know, was kind of coming through the ranks of Ring of Honor in their early stages. So, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a fun time being a part of that group. Uh, we had fun times putting together a half-hour uh, television program that aired weekly. I think uh, in the very end we had somewhere around 190 episodes that we had created. I still have every single one of those doggone things somewhere on DVD in here. So, yeah, quite, quite the trove, the treasure trove of uh, footage that we got. Fantastic, dude. That's exactly the stuff that we love to hear about. And I'm getting DMs after DM after DM about what a fantastic show this has been so far. And, and, and it's hard to kind of go up after you talk to Jan, John Blackheart and Keith Smith. Uh, but let me tell you, you, you bring such a great energy. Uh, I know that you, you've done some uh, lead announcing uh, over at our tribal roller derby. And, uh, and I can totally understand why you're excited to be doing business with Dynamo Pro because they truly are class acts, top to bottom. But I don't want to be selfish. Uh, Nightmare Jones, why don't you jump in here, man? Do you got any questions for uh, Mucky to Muck, a.k.a. our buddy uh, Brian Ledford? Oh, uh, absolutely. Uh, you know, and, and, and this isn't even pro wrestling related, but you are the announcer for Arch Rival Roller Derby out of St. Louis, Missouri. How did you get into the world of roller derby? <laughs> well, you know, I want to hear there, this. There, I really do. Yeah, there's there's a lot of parallels between roller derby and professional wrestling, and I'll kind of explain yeah. a brief history of both, especially in the St. Louis area as I go along. But uh, I did not stumble into roller derby like when it was first starting up. I, my first exposure to it was at around 2008 uh, when it roller derby started having a resurgence uh, thanks to the movie Whip It. Uh, maybe some of your listeners remember that movie with uh, Drew Barrymore. Uh, so St. I was Louis born had in 1984, so yes, I do remember it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> so, I, I never want to make assumptions. Never want to make assumptions. Right. I got into the sport late. So. Uh, but uh, back at around that time, I had a friend that was an announcer uh, you know, that uh, was calling the roller derby matches. He and I were actually co-workers. And um, I would be, you know, going along just as a friend, uh, a tailgater. I would drink beer and uh, tailgate out in the parking lot. And uh, one night, uh, one of their announcers couldn't make it anymore. And my friend, who was the announcer, said to me, hey, uh, would you like to announce this roller derby? You've been to enough matches. Would you like to, to be a part of the uh, group to call tonight? And I was like, I don't know. Do you really want me to be a part of this group? I, I don't really have a... a you know, a background in broadcasting, really. And he goes, well, there's free beer involved. And I was like, sure, I'll be more than happy to do it. No problem. Sign me up. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah, sign me up. I'll do that. 
and what I th- what I thought was just going to be, you know, just one weekend or maybe just, you know, a couple of games. Well, that was 2008. I'm about to do my 12th season of roller derby action, and uh, it's it's been an incredible journey because um, much like professional wrestling has had its evolution in the last 10 years, uh, the same could be said of roller derby. You know, it has went from just a a weekend warrior type of sport where our tribal, yeah, we have our own local season, but we also play teams from like Indianapolis and Chicago and Memphis and other places like that. But we've evolved as well to the point that we're just not weekend warriors. I mean, we are an internationally acclaimed roller derby franchise. In fact, we are a member of the Women's Flat Track Derby Association, and out of all the groups, and we're talking about maybe four or 500 leagues spread out all over the world, St. Louis can boast that it has the fourth-ranked team on the planet right now. I mean, that's, that's the kind of progression that we have had over the last 10 years. So it's been an incredible journey. I've, I've had a lot of fun doing it. And, yeah, you know, going back to the Jams and Slams event that's coming back this Saturday – in putting together, uh, you know, a promotional campaign for ourselves this year, you know, you're always looking for new events and new ways to gain new audiences and then to engage the audiences that you already have. Well, you go back and you look at the history of professional wrestling and roller derby, and when you really look at it in the lens of how they've both progressed in the broadcast industry, you know, with the advent of television, you think about the black and white, um, you know, footage of air to roller derby back in the 50s and the 60s, and then you think about the 1970s when it started getting more mainstream coverage and then in the early 80s you know roller derby and professional wrestling was some of the first content that was seen on the early days of espn when it was just a part-time channel and then you look at the continuing evolution and bowling roller derby and bowling i remember i do remember uh, Australian rules football was also a lot on, on the on the plate as well back in those days, but even you know in more contemporary times when you look back in the early 2000s, you know what was on the Friday nights on the Nashville Network? It was ECW wrestling and roller jam. So those two sports has always been kind of joined at the hip, and we thought you know what we ought to do it. We know the people that are involved with Dynamo Pro Wrestling. They know us. We've wanted to work with each other for the longest time, and now we're going to make it happen. So we start things off at 6.30 in the evening, our tribal roller derby action, a rematch of last year's finale with the Smashinistas, the defending champions, taking on the five-time champions, the Stunt Devils. That's going to be a fantastic game. And if you haven't watched roller derby anytime recently, this is not a low-scoring sport. We're not talking like 98 to 100. It is not out of the stretch or out of the realm to see at least almost 400 points on a board at the end of the night collectively between both squads. And that's not because there's no defense. It's just that this, the scoring is at a perpetual pace all throughout the night. You're talking about a 60-minute game. You do the math. That's a lot of points scored in a short amount of time. And then following up, of course, four matches from Dynapo Dynamo Pro Wrestling. Of course, we talked about the women's title match between uh, the Empress of Evil, Rain Victoria, and Haley Shadows. And, of course, the bragging rights matchup with Adrian Surge and Camaro Jackson. And that's a coin flip as far as I'm concerned in that matchup. But actually, if I'm, if I'm a betting man, I would say Surge Jackson goes either way. I would not be surprised if we have a title switch in the women's main event on Saturday night. So both those matches, I think, are going to be top-notch. And in the other card, there's a lot of rivalries going on as well. We've got C.J. Shine, the very popular youngster for Dynamo Pro, taking on that sneaky snitch. He's going to make his way to Queenie Park that night. I know he's probably going to try to steal a few wallets while he's there that night. But we'll oh, see what no. happens in – Brian, why why did you bring up the snitch? Man, we're not supposed to say that name on the show. Now we got to hear it from Nightmare Joe. 
Maybe you'll just go ahead with your spiel about the snitch. Hurry up because we're short on time. Go ahead. All I got to say is that the snitch has joined the ranks of the best wrestlers such as Rick Maverick, the volatile... Your favorite person, Travis Cook. Oh, my goodness. You know what, Nightmare Jones? That's why sometimes I can't stand you. We actually do have a listener question, and Attilicon will be joining us in just a matter of moments, guys. I know you've been looking forward to that as well, so hang tight. Intern Timmy, watch those phone lines, man. we got to make sure we keep an eye out for Attilicon. But I do have a question from a watcher or a listener. <laughs> See what I did there? Live stream? Whatever. Okay, so our buddy Jay Hollywood wants to know, please, sir, what was that babyface roller derby gal on ESPN, Randy, question, question, question mark? I don't know how far oh. back you go into the history of roller derby, man, but who are we talking about here? You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to research on the Wikipedia on that one there. I, if I was going to guess, it's probably somebody from the L.A. T-Birds. But I cannot think specifically the last name, and that's going to haunt me for the rest of the night. So I, I will have to do I, – I, I see you're doing maybe a little typing trying to find out yourself. So we'll, we'll, we'll right. find out. <laughs> you did that's right. Fine, we that's are. fine. Well, when you cover four decades of roller derby, you know, you're going to – the names are going to tend to blend together. I'm still thinking of the days of Joni Weston and Ralphie Valadares myself. So, you know, you're going back quite a stretch of history there. But, yeah, I tell you what, it, and, and that's a cool thing about roller derby is, like, you know, there's a lot of times where we'll see some parallels between wrestling and roller derby, and especially by the critics of both out there. They think they're joined at the right. hip, and they'll say, like, uh, you know, what do you do what, what you do, you know? And, and we're like, well, you know what? There is one common thread that coexists between roller derby and professional wrestling, and especially for those that participate in the, both those sports. It is highly trained professional athletes, athletes, mind you, that participate in both these sports that dedicate numerous hours weekly to dedicate themselves and to become successful in their respective sports. That's the common thread that ties the two together. I think both sides would agree to that answer wholeheartedly. And you think about the time, the sweat energy, or the sweat equity, the energy, the money that is personally invested by those that participate in either of those true, two trades, it, 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 it's five digits sometimes, if not more. So you think about all that one invests in order to participate. Because, hey, roller derby gear and tickets – to travel and hotel rooms, hey, that stuff's not cheap either. We work with a budget. We know how much how it takes how much it takes to go and play at a international competition in Montreal and finish fourth. Or we know what it's like to go to Spain and win a gold medal down there. We know the costs associated with it. Did you find our answer by chance? I tried to stall. No, I'm looking. I'm, I swear I'm listening and <laughs> looking at the same time. I'm doing my job. Jay Hollywood, why do you I, do this to us every time? Man, come on. I tell you what, but no, nah, man, I couldn't wait. You know, when we told our league members about uh, jams and slams with Dynamo Pro, I, I kind of kept it under wraps until we could get all the rights and clearances taken care of. We are playing at a county park, and we are putting a wrestling ring inside a sport court arena. Uh, when I told them what we were going to be doing, they were doing cartwheels. They were really excited about it. And I know the folks yeah. at Dynamo Pro Wrestling, it's an opportunity for them to gain exposure in front of a newfound audience as well. So really, it's kind of benefiting both us and Dynamo Pro, and that's the reason why we're doing it. And um, 
and I would like to make this a yearly event. You know, it's the first time that it's ever being done in St. Louis, and just based off of the buzz that we're hearing from both camps and their respective fan bases, they can't wait for this event. And, hey, who knows what we'll get as far as attendance goes. I know we'll have an excellent show regardless. We want to make this a part of our feature attraction each and every year. So hopefully by this time next year, I'm coming up and talking about the second annual Jams and Slams for both our tribal and Dynamo Pro. Well, let me put you at ease, Brian. Let, let me put you at ease. I know the way that Dynamo Pro does business, and if you're worried about attendance, don't be. The fans travel well because yours truly jumped in his Dodge Ram 1500 recently within the last year and drove all the way from Kansas City to St. Louis just to go to a Dynamo Pro show. So if I'm willing to drive three and a half hours across town, now is there a White Castle and some, you know, is there a little bit of that? You know, is that, a, is that an additional incentive? Yes, it absolutely is. But let me tell you, I really, <laughs> the reason I went was Dynamo Pro. So if I'm willing to drive that far to go at an Dynamo Pro show, there's no reason – that the people of the St. Louis area wouldn't make their way down to the event this upcoming Saturday, not only for just Dynamo Pro, and you guys are getting the best of the best that Dynamo Pro has to offer, you're also going to get an opportunity to be there with my man, Muckety Muck. I mean, you guys do such a great job over there, dude. I mean, it's just roller derby and pro wrestling are two peas in a pod, and I know the fans are absolutely going to love it. So don't even worry about it, man. I know people are excited about it. You guys are going to pack that sucker out. Yeah, we've been really fortunate to have some great crowds this year. Our largest attendance that we've ever had so far is 2,000 people at the Shape Serena. That's where the Slough Billikens play at, and that was a couple of years ago. So we know that the fan base is there to come out and watch Roller Derby. So to have the added attraction of wrestling be a part of it as well, it's, it's pretty amazing. And I think part of the appeal is, uh, hey, we're your next-door neighbors. You know, We're not some franchise that's coming in from out of town taking your cash and split. You know, We're going to stick around because we are the St. Louis community. We are your local community. We're your friends, your neighbors, your your uh, next door neighbors. Uh, you know, being a part of your community, and we love the fact that we entertain for our community, and the fact that we can play at a venue that's all ages friendly, that has free parking, that has cheap beer, that has climate controlled uh, indoors uh, comfort. I mean, you know, these are the things that we think about, and I think it's going to be a first class event, and we can't wait to have it. And of course, uh, what's great about it is we make it very economical for a family of four to go out for the evening. Our cost for tickets uh, for adults, it's $15 at the door, but we do offer discounts online at ourtribalrollerderby.com. You could take $3 off your ticket right there. Children 10 and under always get in free. That's a policy that we've had from the get-go. And then we also offer discounts if you buy in group tickets. So if you have a group of six or more, you can take $6 off. So there's numerous ways if you're a student Get this, if you're a student and you just want to get out for the weekend and do something cool, neat, and exciting, $8, okay? So this is economics 101 when it comes to sports entertainment and, and professional sports when you think about it. Here in the St. Louis area with both our tribal roller derby, Dynamo Pro Wrestling, jams and slams. It's the event that people are going to talk about not only to themselves at the end of the night by saying, boy, we made the right decision that night, but then they're going to tell their friends on Monday morning at the water cooler and say, you know what I did this past weekend? I got the best of both worlds. I got to see pro wrestling. I got to see roller derby. I got to see the premier franchises in St. Louis perform at their absolute best. I got my money's worth. Next time they do this, you got to come with me. 
Oh, I love it. I, I love it. Joe, I want to have you jump in here and say hello in just a second because Attila Khan is in the bullpen ready to fire some strikes. I had one final question. This is totally off the beaten path, and it is sure. this question. And I ask every single person that I meet that is from the St. Louis area. Here's what I'm going to ask you. If I go to St. Louis, where do I need to go for the best toasted wraps? Tell me right now. Ooh. Man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. See, that's like asking who your favorite kid is, you know, if you've if you got five or six children. That, 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 that sounds like you're being unfair. Anytime you go to the hill, it does not matter where at you go. You could go to Ragazzi's. You can go to about three or four different places. You will find nothing but the best. So I don't want to give too much credit to one area. I do have my own personal favorites, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a mom-and-pop place because I like T-Ravs from Emos too. I don't mind giving them a little bit of love. But I say that anywhere authentic on the hill in St. Louis, the St. Louis Hill, uh, hill neighborhood, you can never go wrong there. Absolutely can't go wrong. That, and, and, hey, hey, by I'm, the way, I'm not running, uh, Herb, I'm not Herb, Simmons, office, Herb Simmons okay. has an opinion on this. He says uh, Bart Telios. Bartolino. 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 Hey, there you go. That's a good that's a good selection right there. <laughs> Man, that is so awesome. Joe, any final questions or thoughts uh for our buddy Brian here, aka Man, coolest nickname ever. I thought my nickname was cool. I'm the night owl. That's night with a K. Mucky muck. Any final questions, Joe? No, I just have one final question. See, he doesn't just have the nickname Mucky Me Mug, but he also has the nickname the Grand Poobah. How did you get that nickname? <laughs> of the- <laughs> <laughs> Joe okay. Good job, Joe. Okay, this, okay, I can't answer this one in 30 seconds, okay? So back when, if we rewind the tape about six, seven minutes, I talk about Dr. X's Wrestling Royale. I actually called some of the matches on there, too, because sometimes we would receive tapes from outside the territory and they would just be the match themselves so it wouldn't have any running commentary. So, you know, you're not just going to put an empty tape on the air, so you had to provide its own commentary. So my friend and myself, we would provide the play-by-play, and sure, we were a little rough around the edges, but I think that kind of brought some authenticity to it. And one day we were just like, well, um, what are we going to call ourselves? Nobody's going to be interested in our real names. And I was like, well, how about the Grand Poobon? He's like, okay, sure, fine, that's no problem. So I went with that name for about four years, took the break between Dr. X's Wrestling Royal and Gateway Championship Wrestling, came back as the Grand Poobah for Gateway Championship Wrestling, left GCW in 2004. When I got involved in roller derby in 2008, I originally still stayed with the Grand Poobah. Now, that shouldn't be that big of a deal if I'm playing here in St. Louis. But as I spent my time with roller derby and I started doing more work on an international scale and in front of broader audiences and especially in front of a then new stream service, um, come to find out that somebody already existed in the world of roller derby as the Grand Poobah. Oops! Now what? Oh. Yeah. So you so you're used to talking to everybody and them knowing you, especially in the St. Louis area, as the Grand Poobah, and now to be a nice guy. You know, it's like, you know, you couldn't be King Kong Brody and Bruiser Brody in Indianapolis because you got Dick the Bruiser there, so now you got to go through a name change, right? So I was sitting there struggling, and I come up with so many different names that I could have used, and a lot of them, just about all of them, were really lame. 
So I had to sit there and really put on my thinking cap. And I, when I struggle with thought and what to do and what decisions to make, I rely on a veteran skater from our tribal roller derby, a sweetheart of a human being known as Chublaka. I said, Chewy, I need to know. <laughs> yes, Chublaka. That's so she is good. Awesome. One of my favorites of all time. Chewbacca. She's retired, but she's she's one of my favorites of all time. Just just salt of the earth. Um, so I had to go to Chewy and I said, what am I going to do? So what does she do? She goes and looks up the Grand Poobah and the Urban Dictionary, and back comes the definition of muckety-muck. And she said, this is who you should be. And I was like, I'm sold. And nobody else had the name. Bonus. So then I could go ahead and apply and get that name, and it's stuck ever since. And you know what? It was probably the best decision I ever made. So I didn't mind leaving Juana Monica behind because it opened up a brand-new journey and one that I'm really, really happy and grateful for being a part of. And here you are on the prestigious WrestleTalk podcast as Mucky Muck, man. That is so freaking cool. <laughs> and I'm between a pair of Hall of Fame legends, too. I'm like I'm in the middle meat of the sandwich here. So this is incredible. I mean, this has been one of the best days of broadcasting ever, and I've been so honored to be a part of it and to plug this fantastic event coming up Saturday night, Jams and Slams, Midwest Sport Hockey, Queenie Park, Baldwin, Missouri. Want to find out more? You can go online right now, com. Up until Friday night, you can buy discounted tickets through com, and it has our full schedule for the rest of the year if you can't be with us uh, this Saturday night. We've got a full slate of games that go on until April, and then it's travel team season. We've got to try to grab uh, one of the top three medals in the planet. We're going to make that quest starting in May. Hopefully by this time next year I can tell you, hey, guess what? We got back here with some hardware from the championships. But, hey, that's forever and a day away. We're excited about this Saturday night. Man, that is absolutely incredible. Joe, I want to have you jump in here and say uh, goodbye. But I want to say this. We absolutely have to have you back for a full-fledged 30 to 45-minute interview like we do with all of our other guests. Mucky Muck, thank you so much, man. All the best to you guys this upcoming Saturday, you guys, and Dynamo Pro Wrestling. Uh, I want to welcome you in as the newest member of the WrestleTalk family, man. Before you go, one last thing. Drop the social media. Where can people follow you? And uh, where can people follow Arch Rival Roller Derby? Okay, we are on Facebook, archrivalrolledurby.com. Also, we are on the Twitter feed, uh, Twitter feed archrivalrolledurby.com. STL, and of course, uh, we are on the Facebook and on Instagram as well. Um, when you go to archrivalrollerderby.com, it gives the listing of all the events that we're going to be competing at, the matchups, uh, a little bit of news. I, I write uh, recaps and previews of all the matches that are coming up. We've got player personality profiles and all kinds of other stuff. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's a great, uh, great sport. If you've never been a part of it, like Joe said, uh, here's a chance for you to be a part of it this Saturday night. And you know what? As, uh, as Paul Heyman would once say, that uh, if if you're not a fan of our tribal role of derby, you'll become one after you see us this Saturday night. <laughs> Josie, final thoughts? Oh, just thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to come on to the podcast tonight. It has been absolutely amazing. Do not be a stranger. We will have you on again, sir. We promise you. Hey, I tell you what, I watch wrestling just as much as you guys. I love NXT. I love NWA Power. I would love to come on and just uh, chew the fat with you guys about pro wrestling anytime. Yes, I love that. Absolutely. Let's do it again before the end of the year. How about that? Sounds good, my friends. Thank you for the time. I appreciate it. 
All right. Have a great night, brother. Grace and peace. Adios. You bet. Man, 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 man. Great interview. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, we have a Hall of Famer coming on once again. I mean, this gentleman has done it all. Like, he's been wrestling for over 23 years. He's wrestled in Mid-Missouri Wrestling Alliance, World League Wrestling, and Southern Illinois Championship Wrestling. And this is, is a very, very special interview because this gentleman does not talk very much. He lets his actions do the talking for him. So, ladies and gentlemen, let me bring whoa, to whoa, you... Whoa, 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 whoa. Jones, right. hold your horses. Hold your horses. we got to add a little salsa to those tacos because we're talking about a guy who in his 23 years in the game, has wrestled for all those promotions. But let's be clear, Flash Flanagan, Ricky Cruz, Gary Jackson, Derek Stone, Ron Powers, Tom Sullivan, all that Matt Murphy, this guy has left an impression on the world of professional wrestling that will never be forgotten. What's incredible, and you hear Keith Smith talk about it and some of the other guys that come on, the, the humility has never gone away. When you've had the opportunity to share the locker room with the kind of people that Attila has shared the locker room with, you don't have to remain humble. You can become a little arrogant, but he has it. And that's one of the main reasons that he is one of the newest inductees into the Midwest Independent Wrestling Hall of Fame. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my honor and Jonesy's and pleasure to welcome in our was it a third featured guest of the evening? It's absolutely incredible tonight. The one, the only Attila Khan. I, I appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me. What an introduction. Welcome. welcome. <laughs> what an introduction. <laughs> it is it, absolutely amazing to have a person of your caliber on the, the uh, podcast, how have you been, Attila? I've been good. I've been good. Uh, just uh, been really busy and just blessed that uh, this many years into the game that uh, people still want to buy tickets and people keep booking me and I still get to go out there and uh, be a part of this. So I've been good. So... I guess I got to start off. You've been in the professional wrestling business for 23 years. When you started professional wrestling, did you think that that you would be in the professional wrestling business 23 years later? Uh, Honestly, no. And it's it's actually uh, be 26 years uh, this year. Uh, Started in 1994. Um, You know, I was... I, I grew up in the St. Louis area, you know, wrestling at the chase was such a big deal. You know, Larry Matisic was the, uh, the soundtrack of my childhood. Uh, mm-hmm. I was fortunate that I, uh, Pat O'Connor, uh, the great legend was a friend of the family. Uh, used to come watch my high school football games and, uh, he would take me to the locker room and that was where I first met Harley race just as a, a young kid. And uh, I never dreamed uh, when I started this in 1994 uh, that the next 26 years would be the ride that it's been and the 
the opportunities that I've had and the, the people that I've met. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, you know, you mentioned uh, the, the one and, and, and only Holy Race. Uh, can, can you tell us about some of your experiences with Holy Race? <laughs> I I could probably talk for about two weeks on those nonstop. But, uh, <laughs> really, the 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 first time that I met Harley, uh, like I said, Pat O'Connor had taken me backstage uh, at the Checker Dome at the time, and uh, I got to take a picture with Harley Race. And about ten years after that picture, uh, I started wrestling. And in the late '90s, before World League Wrestling came into existence, there was World Legion, and uh, I got a call, and they said, hey, we want you to come work for WLW and uh, for Harley Race down in Springfield, Missouri, and so we went down, and we did a few shows, and uh, that original World Legion went away, and I thought, well, that was it, and I got to know Harley a little bit, and uh, he liked me. He kept booking me, um, and a couple months later, I got a call from him, and I answer the phone. I hear Harley Race on the other end of it, you know, and it's a voice that you you recognize immediately. And he says, "Hey, I want to, I want you to come work for me. I'm going to start World League Wrestling." And so I was actually on the first show uh, that Harley ever promoted as World League Wrestling. And uh, through the years, uh, we established a a really close friendship. Uh, him and his wife would stay here at my house with my wife and I when they were in St. Louis. and We would stay at the lake. Uh, there was a lot of times Harley would, you know, we'd have, you know, two or three shows over a weekend and he'd tell me, hey, I want you to come down Thursday. You're going to stay at the house and then you'll get up and ride with me uh, to the shows. And I kind of noticed that I was really, at the time, the only one getting to do that. And so a lot of many, many hours in the car with Harley. And, you know, to be able to sit under that learning tree, you know, firsthand. Mm -hmm. And uh, I always, you know, I always say I, I knew how to wrestle when I went to work for Harley, but I learned the business from Harley Race, you know, during those years. And, I mean, there was, he shared a lot of, you know, personal things to me, you know, with me through the years, um, taught me so much, uh, about so many things. Uh, you know, when my daughter was born, he was the first person I called. And, um, my son was real small at the time. And, you know, we'd, we'd be at the shows and my son would, I'd be in the ring and my son would be sitting on Harley's lap or beside, him. you know, I, I always felt pretty safe that Harley race was babysitting my son why I was up doing what I did. And uh, just when Harley uh, passed away this past August, it was um, it, it was tough. It's still tough. I miss him. Wow. That is, like, I, I asked that question, but I didn't expect to have that heartfelt of a answer. Thank you so much for that awesome. heartfelt of, of an answer. I don't even... Know what question to ask next, Renee? I, I hate to take you under the bus, but sir, the the floor is yours. <laughs> Are you kidding me? 
Are you kidding me, man? I love the life. I love the opportunity. And honestly, now I'm even more fired up uh, uh, to talk to uh, Attila uh, than I was before we even got started. And, and I know we'll, we'll talk a lot about the past, but I'm always interested to get the perspective of the guys that have left a legacy in the world of professional wrestling and how they look at the future of the sport. So I've kind of got to blend the two. And I'm going to ask you mm-hmm. about NWA power, uh, Attila. Um, we mm-hmm. see that one of your old colleagues, Trevor Murdoch, uh, is right. doing some outstanding work down there. I know guys that you shared the ring with or at least been in the locker room, um, you know, like Ricky. And, and you know, you just had so many great mm-hmm. opportunities. I know we'll talk about that here in a moment. How exciting is it for you to see a guy like Trevor get the opportunity that maybe he's been looking for his whole career uh, and I know he had a great run at WWE, former tag champ and all that, but NWA Power is paying respect to your area, your era, and even before that in, in a way that we've never seen before. How, how cool is it for you to see that? Uh, I think it's absolutely awesome. I think that the product they're doing is fantastic. Uh, I know a lot of those guys. Trevor, uh, Dave Marquez is down there. There's several guys that I know. You know, Trevor and I go back. Trevor, you would ride to shows with me before he was old enough to have a driver's license, let alone a wrestling license, a driver's <laughs> license. And he would ride to the show. So seeing Trevor and the success and literally being there, and the, I mean, his first matches, we worked together, you know. And seeing the success that Trevor has had and seeing the opportunity that he has now, I, I could not be happier. I, I, I wish him the best. I think it's amazing. And I'll tell you a quick story, kind of piggybacking on the Harley race. A couple of weeks ago, um, I'm sitting in a deer stand. I'm, I'm an avid hunter. And I get a text. It's from Trevor. And he's like, did you see power this week? And I said, I hadn't yet. I said, I'm going to watch it when I get out of the woods, you know. And he <laughs> went home with the Indian death lock, which was one of Harley races moves. And he says, tell me what you think when you see it. And I got home, and I see him paying, you know, the respect to Harley, to to use one of Harley's finishing moves, and hearing the announcers call it. Because what people are seeing now with NWA Power is what I watched when I was young. It's what I broke into the business with, that type of stuff. And it's it's awesome. And Trevor is a loving. He's like my family. And I think it's just fantastic that he's getting the opportunity that he is. Oh, man, that, that is so fantastic. You're right, Matt. I get excited because I got to see Trevor when he opened up his school just a couple of miles from my house here in Kansas City and then, of course, through mm-hmm. the, the Metro Pro days. Uh, um, I did want to also ask you, because I know you, you're, you're, a, you're a St. Louis guy through and through, top to bottom, uh, worked most of your career in that area. Um, I wanted to also ask you about – guys like Matt Seidel and Delirious, do you think there's a little bit of an untapped uh, pool of talent uh, out of the St. Louis area? Because you, you think about names like that, and there's only a handful of them. But there's so many great talents that have done work in the Midwest that maybe haven't gotten that recognition. Do you think that looking into the future, we're going to get more and more of that moving forward? Because I think that the talent pool in the area – 
is something that's a bit underrated, unfortunately. I, I agree with you. I, I think it is. I mean, uh, St. Louis uh, has always been a hotbed for professional wrestling. And, you know, I can remember sitting and drinking uh, cold beer with Harley and some of the other ones, and they talked about, you know, Bob Orton would tell you the same thing. When you got to wrestle in St. Louis, you knew you had made it. That that was kind of like, that was when you made it. And the business has changed through the years. Um, and I think a lot of times there's been a lot of talent here that has been overlooked. Um, and you can go back 20-plus years and going forward. Uh, there's a lot of guys that uh, are as good as anybody that's ever got in that ring that's from this area. And there's some young kids out there now that are, that are uh, learning the right way. I think you're going to start seeing uh, some real good things come out of the St. Louis area in the future. Well, in, in an effort to, to maybe have you dig maybe even a little bit deeper into that, that same question, um, do you keep tabs on what's going on in the area? And there's is there anybody or maybe two or three people uh, that have caught your attention that you think might be that next wave of top talent in your area? Yeah, I do. I, I keep an eye out. I watch, um, you know, I follow the social media. I talk to a lot of people. I watch a lot of stuff online, uh, see who's out there. I know, know we have a couple guys uh, that work for us over at SICW uh, on a regular basis. I think, uh, I mean, they're they're green. They're greener than AstroTurf, but uh, they're getting there. And I think they got they got – uh, a real nice future. One of those um, is Chris Cade. is a young kid that's coming up, and he's got a good look, and he's uh, he's really a throwback to that old school style of wrestling. And I mean, there's an audience for that. There's people that like that. They like to see that. Uh, Chris Cade from the series is going to be good. I think Jake Prater. Uh, Jake's Jake. Reminds me a lot of when I first started is anytime you're in the locker room with Jake, you're going to find Jake sitting where all the veterans are at and his, his mouth is closed and his ears are open and he's, and he's wanting to learn and he's wanting to know. Jake's got a real good look, uh, goes by the mountain man. I mean, he's got the woolly hair and the whole, you know, he's got a good look. I think he's going to, he's going to do real well. That's 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 so fantastic that you took some of your own time where we're recognizing and acknowledging your amazing accomplishments to to kind of highlight some of the other guys that are up and coming and that have an opportunity to to be a, extremely successful. Uh, obviously, uh, Attila, you're you're going into a Hall of Fame with kind of a, a all star cast. Uh, we've talked about them at least briefly uh, tonight with Chico as Loco. Mm-hmm. Uh, Herb Simmons, uh, just a, a few minutes ago, we got the opportunity uh, to talk to John Blackheart. Um, a lot of people are talking the about best. this being maybe the, the best class of, of all time uh, for the, uh, the Midwest Independent Wrestling Hall of Fame. How does it feel to you to be able to go in with guys that have received recognition and praise without, throughout the business even before this upcoming Saturday? A lot of these guys have been respected for a long time, and you get to walk in hand-in-hand hand 
with this legendary class, man. How how big of an honor is that for you? It, it's it's absolutely amazing. I'm I'm humbled uh, to even you know to be a part of something like this and to look at the class that I'm going in with and to look at the the prior inductees. You know, I look through there and you see Keith Smith and Pete Madden's and you know Gary Jackson and I just everybody that's in there. You know, Bill Talley, the searcher. There's this guy's a phenomenal talent, and then to be considered. To be able to walk in, you know, Herb Simmons and I go back. Herb was literally there my first day in the business uh, 26 years ago. John Blackheart, same thing. John Blackheart was one of the guys that trained me when I started at South Broadway in 1994. There was, you know, him and Keith Smith, Frankie D, Pete Madden, Danny Boy, Johnny Jett, you know, uh, Keith. That's who, that's who trained me. And, you know, to have the opportunity to learn from those guys and, you know, now to be recognized, to be considered, you know, with these guys, it just, you know, it, it's hard to believe. It's a, it's a great honor. You know, even if, uh, even if Blackheart and I almost caused a riot in Broadway one night, that's, <laughs> that's a whole other story. That's a common thread with him, by the way, because, Oh. And Keith Smith, who, Keith Smith called in during that interview, and they said they kicked the crap out of each other, uh, probably for about a year straight. <laughs> so it looks like, oh yeah, like that—that's a common thread with uh, with our buddy John Blackheart. I, I tell you, he John was amazing at what he did. Uh, we were working; it was the the main event; it was for the belt. Uh, I'd just been out of the Marine Corps not very long. And there was a bunch of Marines in the audience to come to see the, the drill instructor at the time. And the, the go-home, the magic man, was Blackheart's uh, manager. Shoots a fireball in my face. John rolls me up, pins me, one, two, three. Then they put the boots to me. And all of a sudden, I noticed that the magic man is no longer kicking me. Well, they get me upstairs because of the fireball in my face. What I didn't know is when Blackheart and Magic had done this, the Marines didn't want me to lose. So they jumped in the ring and snatched Magic Man out. <laughs> and they had all the Marines outside in handcuffs because they had arrested them for jumping in the ring. And uh, that was with Blackheart. I was like, man, you're going to get us killed out here. So it's the John is phenomenal. Absolutely legendary stuff. Josie, it's your time, brother. You got any questions or comments or, or anything else you wanted to, to throw out at the, one of the newest inductees into the Midwest Independent Wrestling Hall of Fame, the, the one and only uh, Attila Khan? I do, I do. And, and this, 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 this is probably a very, very tough question, but in all of your years, who would you say has been one of your most toughest competitors that you faced in the ring? Oh, wow. Uh, there's been a few. Um, and I, I, I'll say the the toughest for the last. Just to, you know, I, I've been in the ring with Tommy Dreamer. I've been in the ring with Abdullah the Butcher, Bob Orton, the Harris Twins, locally Ron Powers and Ricky Cruz. Man, they're tough as they get. 
But I would say in my career, uh, the toughest, strongest person I've ever been in the ring with was, is Haku. And uh, was his opponent many times through the years working for Harley Race. And I'll tell you, that's a, that's a whole different beast right there when you're in the ring with Wait that man. You've been in the ring Ooh. with Haku? This Haku, like, like there was stories about, about Haku and going to bowlers and basically almost killing men. You've been in the wow, that is a tough story about Haku. Come on, man. I'm actually starting. I'm starting to question Attila Khan's mental stability because I know you yourself, <laughs> in your own right, in your own right. You've been known to kind of take it over the edge a little bit. So the match between you and Haku doesn't actually surprise me all that much. It doesn't surprise me. I, I tell you what, uh, working with Haku, you know, I'm I'm not a small man by any means. And to get into the ring, he, he's the first individual that I've ever had that could grab me, pick me up, put me over his head, and make me feel like I'm about a two-year-old kid. Uh, the strength and the power that comes from Haku is it's off the chart. Uh, he uh, we he was coming in working for Harley at the time that I was the the WLW champion. So I ended up standing across the ring from the Big Tong in many nights in a row for a long, long time. And uh, I can tell you, there's like I said, I've been in there with Abdul the Butcher. I've been in there with Tommy Dreamer. I've been in there with some of the greatest. But you step into the ring with Haku, you better have your stuff together. Because uh, <laughs> he, he can do whatever he wants to do to you. I can tell you that. Oh, I've... Wow. That sounds so serious. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so serious. <laughs> what else you got, well, that that's really Jonesy. Um, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to shock you on that. <laughs> yeah, you don't know what to do now. <laughs> you know, what? I have an idea. I have an idea. Let us uh, continue. Well, go ahead, Joe. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Renee, do you have any final questions before we go to the game show challenge? Uh, I do. Question. I do have one. I I do. I, it's actually kind of a two parter. And thank you for giving me the opportunity, Joe. So, kind of part one is. After all these years, after after 25-plus years in the game, Attila, um, I'm sure somewhere along the way you kind of had that moment. And that moment to me is like you're sitting in the locker room and you're like, wow, I cannot believe I'm sitting in the locker room with these guys. Or or in some cases it's even a match. Like, yo, I can't believe – because a buddy of ours came on. He was like, yo, I got an opportunity to wrestle alongside Ricky Morton. Like it it was something Mm -hmm. that he never thought would happen. He got an opportunity to tag with one of the greatest tag team wrestlers of, of all time. When you go back over the 26-year span of your career, can you recall that moment? And if so, who was it with? Um, yeah, I, I was, you know, there was uh, a few different times, you know, that were firsts in my career, you know, the, the first big names that you're in there with. Um, First time working for the WWF at the time, you know, and being taken around the locker room by Haku and letting everybody know that I'm with him. 
you know, so treat me good. And, and they did, you know. Um, and the thing about championships in wrestling, people can say what they want about what the belts mean. That's fine. But the bottom line is with the championship, that promoter trusts you to be the face of that organization, that you're going to be, you're the guy. And I would say one of those moments for me was the night that Harley Race decided I was going to be the champion. And to know that I was going to carry the belt for Harley Race, you know, arguably the greatest that's ever done it. Trust me to wear the belt with his name on it. That moment right there is one I'll never forget. What an absolutely incredible honor. And let me tell you, uh, the, the feedback that we're getting, uh, our buddy Bill Talley, um, mm-hmm. acknowledging your, your ability to lead a locker room, which is a, a huge amount of respect. Uh, Mahler McDarby, um, one of the greatest locker room leaders and in-ring leaders that I've ever seen. Uh, Sadie Blades, a.k.a. Mikazi. Wow. Um, mm-hmm. giving giving you the, the respect that you so rightfully deserve. I mean, when you see this lineup of, of incredible, well-respected talent, jump on and take time out of, out of their evening um, to, to, like we've been saying all night, just kind of give you your flowers while you're still here to smell them, man. How, what does that mean to you, man? How, how exciting is it to know that, not only were you respected by the fans that paid the price to see you in action, but also by all the other guys in the locker room who shared that space with you, which we know in, in a lot of cases is almost like uh, sacred ground. I tell you what, it's uh, it, it chokes me up to be honest. Um, those guys are too kind. Uh, I'm just so happy to be a, to a part of it. And to hopefully have left this business better than when I found it, have done something, and to, and to hear the kind words by the boys in the back, you know, nobody succeeds in pro wrestling by themselves. You know, nobody, maybe, maybe except for Pete Man, because that guy could wrestle the Invisible Man, have the match of the night. But <laughs> former guest, <every, laughs> we love Pete. Right, great guy. Everybody that gets in that ring has to have a dance partner. They got to have a partner. They got to have an opponent. And so nobody ever does this on their own. And to hear the compliments and the things that's said by some of the best there is, you know, that, that list of names, uh, it's, it's just an absolute honor uh, for them to, to say those things. I thank them. Absolutely. Incredible. Well, you know what? Um, It's been a retrospective night, and and, and let's be frank, guys. We've been a little bit mushier than most of us usually are because until they're usually stabbing people in the head with a fork. So (laughs) let's just – and by the way, people are talking about dream matches. Uh, I saw a comment just a second ago uh, about – what did it say? It said, dream match, Attila Khan – versus, and I'm telling you, people still want to see you do your thing, brother. Okay, Damian Butcher, the Butcher, Damian Blade versus Attilicon, dream match, somebody's got to make it happen, and it's already got a ton of thumbs up. So 
we'll just throw that out there and let everybody marinate on that. Because <laughs> you never know, right? Right. You never know who can end up on the, end of the other end of that fork. I can tell you that. Yeah, exactly. So what, be careful what you wish for, Bill. Careful what you wish for. But you know what we're going to do? We're not going to be able to give you that match here tonight. But what we are going to be able to do is bring out the, 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 the fighting spirit and um, the, the, the competitive fire of Attila Khan in tonight's edition of the WrestleTalk Podcast Game Show Challenge. And I'm almost afraid to Uh-oh. issue this challenge. But Attila <laughs> Khan, will you go one-on-one with me the night owl? It's a night owl with a K. Get it right. The night owl in tonight's edition of the WrestleTalk Podcast Game Show Challenge. I've never backed down from anybody. Ooh. Oh, hey. <laughs> Let's do it, baby. Into him, Jimmy. Hit that music. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is time once again for the world-famous WrestleTalk Podcast Game Show Challenge. Tonight's battle schedule for the best two out of three balls. Tonight's contestants are the Night Owl, Renee Martinez, and Attila Khan. In a few moments, I'll be asking you three questions about a particular professional wrestling topic. When you think you know the answer, just shout out your answer. The first person to win two out of three falls will win tonight's Game Show Challenge. In honor of our association with the Midwest Independent Wrestling Hall of Fame, tonight's WrestleTalk Podcast Game Show Challenge is entitled Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame, The Announcers. Since Anton Timmy heard that the night out wants to be challenged in tonight's Game Show Challenge, all tonight's answers will be professional wrestling announcers in the Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame in Wichita Falls, Texas. Remember, the first person to win two falls will win tonight's Game Show Challenge. For example, if I were to say in 2016 this announcer was enshrined in the Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame over his course of nearly 50 50 years, he was announced in the AWA from 1970 to 1984, WWF from 1984 to 1993, and WCW from 1993 to 2001. Well, let me tell you something, Mean Gene. Mean Gene Oakland. Mean Gene Oakland is the answer. I tell him what I've gotten to your point. Now that you gentlemen know... How the podcast challenge is going to go. Are you gentlemen ready? I'm ready. Night owl. All right. (laughs) Question number one. In 2004, this professional wrestling announcer was the first announcer to be enshrined in the Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame. He was in the eyes of many the Gordon Soley is correct. A telecon has gotten first point of the, the, the contest. I think you're in trouble, Renee. <laughs> All right. Question number Don't two. Don't call it a comeback. Don't you call it a comeback. <laughs> I still got a chance. <laughs> Let's Question go. Question number two. This late professional wrestling announcer was enshrined in the Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame. 
He was an accomplished professional wrestler and a, a manager in the AWA and the, the WWF Bobby with Heenan. his... Bobby Heenan is correct. Come on! A is... I believe that's two out of three, right? That is. That yes. is. So this yes. is... Renee has already lost, but we're going to see if a telecon can sweep. Can sweep Let me tell you something. the night. Let me tell you something. I'd rather get a fork in the eyeball than get swept. So I'm telling you right now, Sadie Blaze, everybody out here laughing at me, here comes my vengeance. I will not be swept, I guarantee it. Question number three. In 2012, this manager and announcer was enshrined in the Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame. He was he has been to such promotions as WCW, Jim Crockett Promotions, World Championship Wrestling, and the WWF. No. The Fink. Nope. Jim Cornette. Jim Cornette is correct. Attila Cullen has swept the night owl. So here is your music for winning the WrestleTalk Podcast Game Show Challenge. <laughs> Why? Oh my goodness! And don't worry, Renee. Don't don't worry, Renee. We still have for you. Here is music, Renee. Really, I get the crybaby music. I get the depressing sad music. Are you serious? Right now. I had a chance. I had a chance to make history and get the legend of Tillicon, and I was screwed. I want to recount. This feels like Florida all over again. It's not right. It ain't right, I'm telling you. My Whatever, man. Whatever. Oh, my. Well, I'll tell you what, guys. Nothing makes me happier than to take an L to a, 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 a guy that knows what it means to love the sport of professional wrestling. Attila, thank you for all your sacrifices, your, your commitment over the last 25-plus years to the sport. We know you've got a lot of unfinished business, a lot of, that you're still going to contribute uh, to the world of professional wrestling. For that reason, we thank you, and we want to ask you to please, Welcome yourself in as the newest member of the WrestleTalk family, and also let us know where people can keep up with you on social media, brother. All right. Hey, I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me on here. Uh, such an honor. I had a great time. Uh, following Attila on social media, on Facebook, is the Attila Khan. Uh, look for that, and that's the main place you'll see everything that comes up you know, what we got coming up in the future, May 2nd, SICW, we got a great big show coming up in Belleville. Haku's going to be there. Sergeant Slaughter's going to be there. Kevin Nash is going to be there. Yeah. So. Incredible. We get to, you'll, you'll see, you go to uh, the Attilacon, um, A-T-T-I-L-A-K-H-A-N on Facebook. You'll see everything that's coming up anywhere that, uh, 
you'll be able to catch up with me watching me brutalize whoever steps in there with me. So um, I, I feel like I still got quite a bit of gas in the tank, so I'm ready to keep going. And uh, he's thanks going again into for the Hall me. of Fame, and he's still active, Nightmare Jones. He's he's still active in the game. I tip my cap to you, sir. Thank you so much, Joe. Any final thoughts or, or questions uh, for the Hall of Famer at Tillicon? Oh man, just thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to come on to the podcast. I know that 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 you are not a gentleman that talks very much. You do all of your uh, actions inside of the wrestling ring. I would not get into the wrestling ring with you, Renee Mike, but I would not. So thank you so for coming. What are you talking about? You come out of my mind? No way. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm, I'm crazy, not stupid, brother. Crazy, not stupid. <laughs> All that said, Attila, okay. thank you so much for joining us for two for episode 283 of the Wrestle Talk podcast. It was both an honor and a pleasure, man. Thank you very much. Thanks, guys. I sure appreciate it. Hope to see you soon. Absolutely. Grace and peace, brother. Adios. All right, Renee, I have one question for you, and it's not professional wrestling. This is is something that that was brought up to me while I was at work the other day. I had a guy that told me that for the right amount of money, he would take a punch from Mike Tyson in the 90s. Would you take a punch from Mike Tyson in the 90s for the right amount of money? Just one punch. All right, well, when you, well, well what year? What, what, what year are we talking about? The 90s, like like at the peak of his career, when he was knocking out guys left and right and that era of Mike Tyson. Nightmare Jones, if you're talking about 1992, then I was seven, okay? If you're talking about about 1998, then how old was I? Well, I'm talking about if you were the age now... That you were in nineteen ninety if 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 in nineteen ninety two you were the age that you are now, would you take a punch from Mike Tyson for the right amount of so money? Was That's 30, what I'm was would thirty five year old night owl take a punch from Mike Prime Mike Tyson for how much money? For the right amount of money. They didn't specify. What's the right amount? The right, What's the right amount? You tell me what the right amount of money is. I would, I would abs- okay, okay, so here's another question. Glove or no glove? Uh, glove, definitely glove, because no glove, he'd probably kill you. <laughs> I, I, exactly. So, I, yes, I would absolutely take a right hook from Mike Tyson, prime Mike Tyson. Do I get to put my guard up or no, or do I just have to take it, like, no protection? You, gotta take it. you don't get to put your guard up. You just got to put your hands down and just take it. So the probability of me having a concussion and getting CTE are extremely high. The bill, the <laughs> hospital bill for that is probably going to eclipse somewhere around $2 million. So I got to think about my own health. Then I'm trying to set my family in a position where they never have to worry about money again. That's, that's a wife, three kids, and a dog. So $10 million, 15, $15 million, yes. So for $15 million, the night owl would allow himself to be absolutely destroyed and potentially end up mentally <laughs> retarded only for the sake, only for the sake of my family. Because if that were to happen, 
I wouldn't be the same person ever again. So $15 million, yes, I would have taken a right hook with Mike Tyson with a glove, no blocking, to set my family up for life. That That's, again, that's me. That's my opinion. But, you know, that's me trying to be as unselfish as possible. That's a really random question. I don't even know where that came from. But you know what, Nightmare Jones? Anytime you got any random questions for me, bro, it's real easy. All you got to do is head over to WrestleTalkPodcast.com. Hit us up on our social media. Hit us up on the email. Hey, you can even call us during the show. It's real easy to do. Another incredible edition of the show, 283, is going down in the history books. It's one of my favorite shows of all time. And guess what, guys? We're going to pick a winner for the two tickets that we are giving away this week to Enchantment in the Ring. And guess what? We've still got a best of 1 through 14 WrestleMania VHS to give away. We've also got a TNA Knockouts signature autograph card booklet. So there's like three of them in here. You're going to at least get one autograph. Uh, This was issued and put out um, back in 2009 when TNA first got started. And then we have this 1984 LJN Nikolai Volkov action figure, which from what I understand is worth close to $80 today. We're going to go ahead and make that announcement. Make sure you guys do me a favor, though. If you want to win, you got to go over and give King Kate a like. That's King Kate at the Oak Park Mall. They've got all the best vintage collectible toys that you've ever seen, including all your favorite Batman, Mega Man, Super Mario, Ninja Turtles, and professional wrestling stuff that you could ever ask for. Again, go over to King Cade on Facebook. Give them a like and tell them the Wrestle Talk podcast sent you. That's it, guys. That brings you to the conclusion of episode 283. I am the Night Owl. He is Nightmare Jones. And we will catch you guys next week right here at WrestleTalkPodcast.com. Do not forget to share this broadcast. Grace and peace, everybody. Adios. One thing I've always done is that I've always remained to stay who I am. I am DVD and the SP Thank you for being here. And the, the show's just about over right now. I just want to thank everybody. I'm 